a dually, asking Sol citizens to report for duty. Hi, I'm Chris Roberts. Ever since I saw Star Wars as a wide-eyed eight-year-old, I dreamt of being a hotshot pilot saving the galaxy or a lovable rogue making my way across the cosmos. It inspired me to make Wing Commander and has influenced everything I've done since then. Ten years ago, after 20 years of making games, I was burned out so I took a break, but I never stopped playing games nor loving them. And now, I'm ready to come back, and I'd like to show you something I've been working on. But I don't want to build any old game. I want to build a universe. I want to build a game I always wanted to build, but I didn't have the tools to do until now. One that you can fly off a carrier fighting a heroic war on the front lines, but also one that you can muster out and find your own fortune in the stars wherever your spaceship takes you. I want to be able to share this experience with my friends and fight against real opponents in space, not just AI. And I want this to be as good or better than any other game out there. And I want to actively push the boundaries of what you can do in a game. None of this would have been even possible two years ago. But with Moore's Law driving PC performance and cost and the gaming community embracing talented developers via crowdfunding, I believe it is possible today. I've never been accused of having a small vision. And so I thought it was best if I share my ambition with you visually. I'm pretty excited by how it's joined out. So why don't you come join me for a sneak peek? So I want to bring the space sim back. I want to bring the space sim back to the glory that it used to be in the 90s when I was making the Wing Commanders and when I was doing games like Privateer and Freelancer. But I want to utilize today's technology. I want to have the power of a cutting edge PC with a GPU that can push millions of polys. 
connected to the broadband where you can play with uh, thousands or hundreds of thousands or even millions of other people around the world uh, in a sort of shared immersive experience. And now I think with Star Citizen I really can deliver that. We're going for something that's a little bit different than say a traditional MMO and obviously different than just a single player game. What we're calling is a shared persistent experience. It is actually a combination of the single player experience and the multiplayer experience. Every player in the Star Citizen game is in the same universe. We don't have different shards or worlds. And you have a life, you have a character, you have multiple characters, they have multiple ships. So you have a bigger goal. You're, you're basically going about making your name and fortune in the galaxy. So Squadron 42 is the single player experience in the Star Citizen game and world. And Star Citizen itself is the multiplayer persistent universe experience where uh, you'll adventure around in a galaxy with hundreds, thousands, potentially millions of other players. They both kind of coexist in the same world. So Squadron 42 is a narrative single player story that will lead you into the open sandbox game that Star Citizen is. So the single player campaign in Squadron 42 unfolds very similar to the way Wing Commander did. So Wing Commander was set up in such a way that depending on how you performed the missions or how you interacted with your wingmen and pilots, it would determine uh, sort of how the story evolved. So your actions sort of affected the narrative of the story. We're doing that in Squadron 42 to a level of fidelity and detail more than we ever did in Wing Commander. So definitely your actions will affect and evolve how the story goes, as well as how your relationships with your co-pilots are uh, and other people aboard the carrier that you're based on. One of the things I'm most excited by uh, on Squadron 42, and one of the things that we're sort of adding to the lexicon of the Wing Commander experience, is that we're enabling cooperative multiplayer in the single player experience. So uh, as long as you're connected online, your friends, they in your friends list that are, you know, you know in the community, you interact with on our, uh, on our website, they can drop in to your game if you want them to and play the roles of the wingman and the missions you're taking and help you achieve your goals and missions. But I just think it adds a whole new dynamic to um, the narrative in uh, a game like Squadron 42. So I think it will be a really cool feature. If you like Wing Commander as a single player experience, uh, Squadron 42 is like the next generation of that. The ambition and the scope of Star Citizen makes it pretty unique in the fact that I think we're starting with 100 star systems and each star system can have multiple planets. Each planet can have multiple landing locations and all of that sort of rendered and built in a, a completely sort of high fidelity first person viewpoint. So when we're down on the planet, we're running around in first person. We can go into the bar and we see other players or AI characters um, and we can talk and converse with them and get missions. We can walk out of there, go to the ship dealer and buy a new ship. You can walk the landing pad where your ship's sitting and get into it all in first person, sit down in the cockpit, take off, go out into space. So there's a level of sort of detail and fidelity that I don't think is currently out there in other space games, certainly right now. One of the great things about Star Citizen is there are a lot of different roles you can play in it. You can be a mercenary, you can be a bounty hunter, you can be a merchant trader, you can be a pirate. And we've designed and built a lot of different ships to sort of fill those roles in terms of, you know, this ship's good for dogfighting, this ship's good for hauling cargo. Also, we have a lot of equipment that you can buy or you can find or you can acquire or you can upgrade in the game that will allow you to customize your ship for the roles you want to play. I think that's one of the most exciting parts of the game is just that sort of free form and the amount of different things that you can do. And that's kind of what Star Citizen's about. And so I really felt I wanted to come back and make a game that pushed PC hardware in the way that 
Wing Commander used to do in the old days. Power of today's PCs are going to allow me to do a much more immersive experience than I could ever do back in the 90s when I was making Wing Commander. The level of detail and graphical fidelity will just allow more functionality, a lot more detail in terms of the ships. So we can simulate the systems and the physics in a way that we never could before because we just didn't have the processing power. So we're supporting um, Oculus Rift, which is this great VR headset. That's the sort of stuff that you just don't see happen uh, frequently sort of in the console world. PCs in my DNA, I think it's the most interesting platform because it's always evolving, it's always challenging you, and it's gonna allow us in three or four or five years time to do totally different things with uh, Star Citizen because you know the hardware will move along and we can, we can push it even further. If you love space sims, you love PCs, and you feel like this kind of game needs to happen more often, by backing now you're helping it happen. But more importantly to that, if you ever wondered how games are made, uh, what's happening by doing it now you're going to participate in that you're going to see it we have multiple updates um, you know on our dedicated site uh, the robertspaceindustries.com site uh, where we're describing what we're doing what we're doing this week how we built this ship how we built this character what our thinking is on this game mechanic or that game mechanic so it's a real sort of insiders behind the scenes uh, view of the game development process on top of that beyond all this stuff i've talked about uh, we're going to be releasing parts of the game, modules of the game along the way. We're going to release the hangar module that is in August of 2013 and that module will allow you to uh, walk around the ships that you've backed or pledged on the site in the engine, see what they are, get inside them, check them out. Um, ultimately we're going to enable multiplayer where other players can come in and check out your hangar. Uh, you can customize your hangar this as well, you'll be able to customize your ships eventually. And then in December, we're gonna have the dogfighting module, which will be just standalone dogfighting in space. You can take the ships you have in your hangar and fight against other players, you know, sort of more traditional deathmatch, uh, you know, matchmaking, uh, or against AI, and you can practice and hone your dogfighting skills and give us valuable feedback in the balancing of the ships and the weapons. We can see how many players in one area is fun. So if you wanna be playing parts of the game, seeing how the game is developed, having your voice heard and having your feedback, then you should, you should join now rather than wait. And greetings, greetings, greetings. Welcome to the Soul Citizens. I am Griffin Gaming RPG, and we are back. It's July 23rd, and I forgot about Chris Roberts and his hands. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that again. I'm like, oh my God, I remember he used to do that through his videos all the time. Um, but I'm Griffin Gaming RPG. We lost GoMob. Oh no. He's still um, here. Is he still here? He's he, he, still here. He had to drop out the, his, uh, his, his. Oh, okay. Uh, but he shut off, he shut off his camera. No, he's, he's, his camera's on. Is he? Yeah. Did you yeah, log yeah. in and log back out or something? Yeah, my, my Firefox. Uh, oh, okay. I got to put you back in. Man. Okay, no problem. What had happened was. What had happened was. Okay. <laughs> what had happened was. Okay. Well, I listen. I about these computer things, man. I, I just, know. I just technology. This technology. Well, well, again, welcome back to the Soul Citizens. I'm Griffin Gaming RPG, and we have a full house today uh, with Soul Citizens and also a special guest. There's a very familiar guest of ours who's been here several times. And uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> For the subs, oh my God! Thank you all. I can't even I see just, who's I'm doing glad, all yeah. that. I, I'm glad that you're you're finally recognizing that Fast Card is a very special guest because you know he's no, uh, no 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 he's just very special. He's just very special. very special. He's just very special. You just leave the guest part off. Yeah, I'm very special. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, my mom my, my mom told me I was special. I put me on the short bus to go to school. But yeah, I was curious, but you know. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, uh, Fast Cart, would you do me a favor and introduce everybody? Because I'm going to get Gold Map into the show. I need to get that done, okay? Okay, so let's start out with the, our special guest, and our real special guest, on continuing the collaboration that we started yesterday on the on capping table. I'm calling this part two, the Electric Boogaloo. Welcome to the actual part, Paul Sully. How are you doing, Paul? Doing good. I'm 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 doing good. I'm not. Uh, I'm a little tired, but I'm not as tired as Griff was is right now because of uh, <laughs> him staying up late trying to figure out how to how to work his ideas in for part two. And I feel bad about that. No, so, don't, don't feel, feel bad. bad. Don't feel bad. Do an feel bad. Don't feel bad. I haven't seen my homie talk for many years. <laughs> and then I'm going to start with another oldie but goodie, Geo. No, no, now it's something, Geo. You got so many names, Geo. How are you doing, man? Yeah, no, I'm always the same old Geo, but I'm pretty good, man. Good. And then we have uh, GoMap ATL. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, as my first uh, public service uh, of the evening, I'm going to go ahead and do this for everybody. Thank me later. I missed that yesterday. No, I didn't miss it yesterday. We'll, we'll see how that goes tonight. I I, I got like what four hundred k points. I I'll see if I can come back. <laughs> and not finally, but well, I guess finally, but not least, Griffin. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing well. I already introduced myself. I have to introduce you. We have Fast Card here today. Also known as FC. Yes. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, listen, the, the committed genius that, that hasn't been recognized yet. Committed yep. is a good word. I agree. We um, <laughs> we started out the show today with a. Usually, sometimes we do intros, guys, but we did a little pretty long intro today. But there was a reason for it. Uh, the title of our show this week is called "Visions, Dreams, and Reality." And you know, sometimes it's it's easy to forget that there are a lot of people who've come into the Star Citizen community who maybe never really heard the original vision of Chris Roberts. Maybe they heard parts of it pieces of it. They may have even heard a bad version of it. So this week we decided to kind of show it so you guys could hear what a lot of the early backers heard. And what I want to do is go through each one of the people here, because most of these guys who are here have been in the game for quite a while. And I do want to ask the question, Paul, I'm going to start with you. You're our guest. And I want to ask you, when you first saw that, that trailer there, which was a, he had a couple of them, but that one in particular, he goes into some detail. Well, how did you feel as a gamer, uh, you know, coming into this whole thing of star citizen was it was when you first heard about it and you saw that video um i think to, to, you gotta put it some perspective like mm -hmm. for instance I, I didn't actually um jump into star citizen until after the hangar module had come out so I, I, I watched i watched that video after the fact mm -hmm. that's but fine. to put it to put everything into perspective mm -hmm. there really was the very beginnings of the indie revolution that was happening for first PC games was just starting around that time. Yeah, a bunch of games had been starting to get a lot of recognition in the late uh, 2000s, mm -hmm. and in the early 2010s were were really like this beginning of these new independent games for or like smaller developers being able to push out games that are pretty pretty big. It was around the same time as the BR revolution started mm -hmm. coming out, um, and uh, so. Chris Roberts coming up and saying, my death has been greatly exaggerated <laughs> and um, uh, talking about what he wanted to do was, was it was like nothing was happening at that time. Like nothing like it existed. Yeah. Today we're spoiled for choice in terms of a lot of these ideas, but it, it felt ambitious. It felt like someone was finally going, yes, someone's finally standing up for PC gaming because the, all of the ambitious gaming from consoles were just 
ports and they were often bad ports. They just didn't yeah. care because they didn't make it as much as much money. So yeah. I remember when I watched that, and even when I watched it now, I remember the thing that stood out to me was when I saw all this footage is in the game engine. I remember that sticking in my head for some reason. And I remember questioning, was this a cinematic, you know? And, and, and I know guys, when we watch that video now, it looks so old and dated to a certain degree. But back then, we thought it was the shiznit, right? I mean, we thought this was like, oh, my God, this thing looks amazing. Uh, go, Mob, let me go to you. When you first saw or first heard the pitch of what Star Citizen would be, whether it was that video or just in general, you got the idea of the vision that Chris had. What drew you in? Were you skeptical, excited? Um, I'm like Paul. Um, I came in right around the time where the hangar module was there. So when I did see it, that's, that, that was one of the videos that a buddy of mine sent to me to kind of explain to me what, what the project was all about. And the first thing that came to my mind was, oh man, this is ambitious, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you know, that was around the time we were you know, years into the years and years into waiting on things like Half-Life 3 mm -hmm. and forever <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? Like, so it was like, all right, here, here's another game that I really want to play that's never going to come out. Hey, if I get to play it while it's in development, sure, I'll give it a whirl, right? This is, this would be fun. This would be cool. And then, you know, I, at first the hangar module came out and I was able to spawn a ship and walk around and hit buttons and it did nothing. And I was like, huh. This would be cool. I'll, I'll hang around and then, you know, arena commander and then PU and then thousands of dollars the later. Story go, the story goes on. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to ask a favor. Your audio is failing. It is starting to distort out and become almost indistinguishable. So I don't know if you may want to do a quick check while we're in between things here. Okay. If you got to restart, that's cool. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you the time. Uh, Gio, how about you? First time you see the Chris Roberts video, any thoughts? I'm like, Paul, I kind of seen it afterwards. After okay. the fact, I did some research. Mm -hmm. um, I never played a Chris Roberts game, never knew nothing about him. Mm -hmm. um, so when I came into this, really, I want to see what all the hype was, because every time I would look at a game I was interested in, mm -hmm. people would be like, hey, this game ain't got shit on Star Citizen, blah, blah, blah. So I got tired of seeing that, so I wanted to go look for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I saw this game and this pitch, I'm like, Oh, now I see what the hype is. Cause mm -hmm. at first, what Star Citizen is now is what I thought of what No Man's Sky was going to be. We all know how that turned out. <laughs> so I'm glad I did find this because mm -hmm. actually scratching that itch, I actually wanted. Mm -hmm. And this was the game that finally moved me over to PC because I was a console president for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time, like you said, it was it was looking for new ideals and mm -hmm. stuff was real dry. Daisy, I was looking at at the time. I'm like, okay, this game will make me switch. Mm -hmm. And then Star Citizen came out. And I'm like, oh, this just looks amazing. I didn't even have a PC at the time. I had to back this game. Mm -hmm. um, I researched it for a long time, uh, for a couple months. I was probably around the tail end of Wingman Hangar when mm -hmm. I, uh, I came in looking at the game, mm -hmm. getting information and uh, switched around the verse. Okay. And I was just intrigued with what Chris was trying to do. I never tried to play his game. I just loved the way he talked about his game, mm -hmm. what he was trying to do, shit on the publishers, the, the trash, uh, EA, Ubisoft. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I was just, I was full on in, and I think he's a visionary. You look now with NFTs and stuff, 
everyone loves JPEGs. We were getting shit on for JPEGs for how long? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they're a thing. I think, you know, Chris is just 10 steps ahead of the game, if you ask me. A okay. uh, real boss dude. So uh, I had to support it, even if I didn't have a PC. I bought ships first because it sounds so awesome. And, and so. That, that's interesting because you're one of the few people. Wow, somebody's giving us a raid. Uh, who is that giving us a raid? Angry, Angry PC, PC Tech. Tech, thank you so much. Thank you for that raid. I hope you had a great stream. You guys can give us a shout out for Angry PC Tech. And thank you, uh, those of you who are uh, watching or following Angry PC Tech, welcome to Soul Citizens. Talking Genius. about Star Citizen Whoa. and talking about the vision, dreams, and reality of uh, Star Citizen, the game. So that's going to be our topic tonight. We've got some great guests. Paul Shelley's here joining the team. Um, FC, um, oh, but let me give a shout out to, to uh, Royce Darby. Thank you for the sub also. And also to Meta Hatter. Thank you for the five community subs. Appreciate you giving those out. And Thrakazog, as always, thank you for both your subs, thank too. Thank you. Um, FC, uh, for you, going back, um, hearing Chris Roberts' vision, whether it was this video or when you finally started hearing what this whole thing was about, were you skeptical? Were you like, ooh, this is great? You know, where where did you stand? I was a similar way to um, to um, Geo. I, I was a, I was a big LucasArts um, game person. I was mm-hmm. never I was never played the Wing Commander, so I heard about the, the um, Kickstarter in 2012, but I didn't back until uh, 2014 because I I, 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 I I was like eh, maybe I'll play it when it came out. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say we, we we watched that video and you had me thinking when that video came out. The GTX 480 was the epitome of graphic back then. Yeah. That was, um, what, yeah, that's what, eight, eight generations ago now? Yeah, well, there were things so, that he yeah, said the, that was very interesting in that video in relation to that, because he talked about as the tech grew, so would also the game. I don't know mm-hmm. if you heard him say that, and that's pretty interesting, because there's always been this discussion about, can Star Citizen keep up with all the new things that come out each year? And obviously they are trying to do that. Yeah, but think about what that means too in relation to development, right? That you can't rest Mm -hmm. on what you've done. You've got the same time, keep it competitive, both in its its play, its its visuals and everything, which I don't think, maybe sometimes we're not thinking about when we think about what is the team doing, you know? And I, I don't think Eve Online had that upgrade until like eight years took a while. I, 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 mm-hmm. after the launch, yep. so before they upgraded that stuff. Yep. But, I, you know, back then I was looking for my next Mass Effect, and I was hoping that um, Star Citizen would, would, would be my, my next Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not quite Mass Effect, but, you know, it has the same breath when it comes to storytelling. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, listen, thank you guys. Uh, what I, what I want to talk about now is some things, and we're going to kind of share some information with you guys we're going to try and go back on the clock a little bit and some things that you guys may know about and maybe some things you don't know about. Um, here's the quiz for the panel, uh, except for Paul uh, and except for FastCard. <laughs> okay. Who was the co-founder of Star Citizen and Squadron 42 and oh. CIG Cloud Imperium? Let's see if anybody knows. Go Mob, Easy Yo. mode. Easy, easy mode. Easy mode. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the sheet. <laughs> it's on the sheet. I didn't even check the sheet. <laughs> okay. Gamers don't read. Star Citizen gamers don't read. That's how they're telling yeah. you. <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. I want to say Sandy, but yeah, but you're close. You're you're not too far off. Or, 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 or Orwin? Yeah, yeah. Ortwin. His brother. Yeah, Ortwin. Yeah, so, yeah. Alex said it. Ah, see, it was yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah. There we go. Do I sound better now, guys? I'm using another mic. It is better yeah, now. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Ortwin. Uh, Ortwin Fred Thayermuth, uh, who's a very well-known uh, Hollywood lawyer, 
uh, also a producer. He worked with Chris back when Chris had his film production company. He's also done other stuff in gaming and every, otherwise too. But it's, he's more of a silent partner that a lot of people don't ever, we don't really ever see him very often. In the early days, he would pop up every once in a while. And if you're curious as to who Ortwin is, well, guess what? Guess what? We actually have a video. I got to go, Mom. I got to put you back in here for channel two here because I know you are not here. Let me get you in here. I, I, will, I will add a little bit of something to it. Sure, feel free. His, his, his image is in Star Citizen. I know. Yes, his, yes, yes. The, the base, his face is the basis for the face of the last Imperator. Yep. For 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 the UEE. Yep. So, um, the, which is the, pretty the cool. Before the recent one. So yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, let me get him in here. Bear with us for a couple more seconds, gang. Da, 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 da. Had a little camera issue earlier. So I just want to say, I, I, I got Ortwin's autograph in 2016. You did? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, listen, yeah, if you guys... Well, have, I think I'm one of the few. Of what you probably I are. I remind you. everybody that, that Fastcart is on a joke ban. So, <laughs> Fastcart, you are on a joke ban. He's on a so joke ban. That's not a joke. I did not make a joke. I, I know. He's, but when you opened your mouth, we were, we, were, we, were, we were thinking it was going to be one. He's making so an announcement. Sure. He's making a public announcement, public service <laughs> announcement. Okay. So let's take a quick look at this video of Ortwin. If you guys have never seen him before, this is a video that was put out by CIG. Ortwin Freyamut, uh, co-founder, vice chairman, and general counsel. I founded the company with Chris. Everything, flying it, Squadron 42, going to court there. Smoked salmon with caviar. You say going to court there? Did you hear what he said he likes to eat? Probably would have to be the Rolling Stone. That's bullet. Star Citizen. I play the guitar, I work out, and I play lousy golf. There are so many of them, I'll have to test fly them. I test drive my cars too. Thanks for coming on board. Thanks for supporting us. We're having the ride of our lives and uh, it's fun every day. Thanks, and we're looking forward for you to have a lot of fun in the game as well. Okay, so that was Ortwin Theamuth. If, if you're not, once again, if you're not familiar with him, he has been with CIG from the very beginning. Um, some of us remember his name popping back up. Was it Paul back in 2017, 2018, when the CryEngine stuff kind of kicked back up? That was probably the most that we heard his name come back up again. But he is part of the visionary team of who began Star Citizen. Now, the team at Star Citizen was, was a very small group, but there were some core individuals that were part of that. Paul, let me go to you on that. Let's talk about who are some of those core people that folks may remember names or maybe they've never heard before that were that kickoff group with the uh, with the company. Uh, well, obviously, you've got um, Eric Peterson was mm -hmm. another big one. Um, you've got uh, well, Sandy. Still... Sandy was there. There's Sandy. Yeah, mm -hmm. Sandy. Uh, and uh, obviously Ben Lesnick. Ben. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and the current the, the current narrative lead who's still is still yes. there. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, uh, Dave, Dave Havoc, Havoc. Haddock. Haddock. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, so they, they were all there. I think that's pretty much it. There's a couple of other new ones. Um, I forgot the name of the guy with the golden shirt. Uh, but, oh, the, the shiny gold shirt from the uh, yeah. last uh, Starship thing. How yeah. was on back then? No, I can't think of the guy's name. Dog. He ended up leaving too, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. But there, was, um, there, there, is, there is one person who's in the L.A. office who is currently like one of the big big wigs in LA, okay. LA who's uh who's still who's, who's around the very beginning who's still here he's like one of the few ones okay. uh, i can't remember his name off my head though but yeah those are probably the big ones sandy yep. ben uh and uh wingman Eric mm -hmm. and dave yep Th these were the core folks guys that were part of this whole vision and, and also understand that there was a relationship with all of them prior to cloud imperium games they all knew each other most of you guys know that chris when he made wing commander he stepped away from gaming for a while and went into film production and he made many relationships while he was there hence why he also knew ortwin and also from when he was at origin and then a lot of the people who came on board later on who became artists and, and uh, concept people and everything else were people from the move motion picture industry and it's because he had been in that industry for a period of time were you going to say fc i think uh sean tracy todd pappy tony g tony z came in later he wasn't there came day later, one okay. yeah, he wasn't he wasn't there day one um, and I want to say Toast. He's been with, been with them forever too, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if I don't think Toast was an original person either. I'm, I'm talking about Toast literally was, when, he's um, working, when he were in the garage. I'm talking about like at the very very beginning. Yeah. Toast was a fan who got who got a job working as a legal assistant. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, we so, mentioned Sandy. Mark Skelton. There we go. Mad style. Thank you, Mark Skelton with the, with the gold shirt. Um, uh, Paul. Um. Okay, so we want to kind of give you guys just a little bit of, of the beginnings here of, of what took place. Now, a lot of you guys know that this whole thing, this vision also kicked off with the Kickstarter. And we know that CIG uh, initially was asking for $2 million to get the project off the ground. Um, but there was also some stretch goals. There were actually two sets of stretch goals. There was the Kickstarter stretch goals, and then there were some other stretch goals, which we'll talk about a little bit later. I'm not going to get to show those off. But let me show you what that looked like. Um... Let's see, who remembers this? Anybody on the team remember this who's here? Any of you guys remember this? Yeah, I remember seeing that. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. So this was this this was the basically what they were working, well, they weren't working toward. They were working toward two million. But CIG, within the time frame that they did their Kickstarter, instead of making two million dollars, was it six or eight million that they made? Do you guys remember? It was six or eight million. It was more than what they expected. And that's why, that's why I wanted to add more. <laughs> I think it was eight. I think was it was eight. Million. It was eight, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So they actually made eight million dollars, uh, which definitely caught them by surprise. Uh, Chris even says in quite several interviews that though they did expect some enthusiasm, they didn't expect that level of enthusiasm uh, from the backers. Uh, but these were the different tiers that they had. Now I know we can't read all of that, but um, there were basically these different tiers and different things that they would do in relation to the development as the money began to come in. Um, this was all a part of the vision, all from the very beginning. And quite often, there are some things here that have been completed. There are still some things to come. They haven't been done yet, which is interesting. Um, we were joking around yesterday. I think uh, Unique was asking about where was his, what was Unique hollering about? He was saying, where is my, I can't even remember what it was, but there's something, that, it wasn't his pet, but there was something that was on that list of tiered things you're supposed to get that, that has not been produced yet in the game. Uh, no, 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 no. It was, it was some type of virtual item, some in-game item, something. 
Um, I, I can't remember what it was now, but anyway, he was he was joking around yesterday, saying that he was still waiting for this particular item, his repair drone. No, it wasn't his repair drone, <laughs> the Archinator. It was wasn't something. that crossbow. No, it wasn't repair drone. That was there. Is that what he said he I wanted? That was there. I think that's what the repair drone. Okay, or maybe the mining drone. I'm not sure. I think the mining drone. It was the mining drone. It was the mining drone. drone. It was the mining drone. There we go. I remember they partnered with Shroud the Avatar, and they had like a cross promotion going on. Yeah, that was with Richard Garrio. Game, and then you get item in Shroud the Avatar, and I bat that garbage Shroud the Avatar just for the crossbow. You're not the only one. I'm waiting on my crossbow too. Yeah, you're not the only one. I'm waiting on my. At least we know they they work on the crossbow, so at least we do know that. But we wanted to give you guys a little bit of the vision area because we're going to spend a lot of time in the reality area. Dreams, we're going to add a few more things here and talk about that. So uh, let's go ahead and move into that next, in fact. Um, When it came to Dreams, I want to talk to the guys about this. And I I say the AKA, the golden ticket. And what I mean by that is that the golden ticket is the thing that's supposed to, you know, it's the ultimate thing that you get, right? And a lot of people have looked at Star Citizen as being like this ultimate game that they want to play, the game that they've always wanted to play. Same thing Chris Roberts said, the game I've always wanted to make. Um, let me ask you guys, I'm going to start with you, Go Mob. Um, as I mentioned to you guys, the dreams aspect is not about Chris Roberts. The vision side is Chris Roberts and CIG. But the dream side is the player base, right? And I want to ask Go, Go Mob, when you hear this statement, when I get my, I'm gonna. <laughs> when, <laughs> uh, in your in your own way and in your nice way, <laughs> can you give your uh, your feelings? Because players quite often say this, and I I understand where it comes from, but give me some thoughts about this in relation to the dream, you know, for backers. Oh, I mean, you said in a nice way. That's gonna be a struggle. <laughs> I'm just gonna be. That's honest. why you said it. Okay, well, well uh, you can you can say it in a diplomatic way. How's that? In a I, diplomatic. I way. You know, like so. When I hear that statement, I hear the when I get my you know um, Idris or when I get my Polaris, I'm going to load it up with AI uh, crew members and solo the universe, and I should be. Don't forget Blades. Yeah. I mean, blades and all that stuff. And I should be able to solo every aspect of the Star Citizen universe. Um, so what's wrong What's wrong with that? What's wrong with me wanting to do that? What's the, what's the nicest way of saying someone is idiotically delusional? Can I, um, can I, can I, can I make, do the nice thing? I can, I can explain the nice way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> I'm this, struggle this, with that one. <laughs> this, is, this is a massively multiplayer online game. Yeah. This is not a single player game. So if you have a massively multiplayer <clears throat> online game, you're supposed to be playing with, and I get, come close, a little closer, a little closer, other people. Oh, no, really? But so, well, I'm going to push back a little bit. I'm going to push back a little bit because, because Chris, they've said that it's not technically an MMO. Oh yeah, but that's because they, Chris, they have Chris said it's a hybrid, and the way he right, they've said it's a hybrid. Yeah, well, it's, it's because yeah. go ahead. That's because MMO stands for when you say MMO, people think wow, right? You know, World exactly. Warcraft, right? And they think MMO, but it's more than that. It's more than an MMO. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it is, but it is, but at its core, it is a multi mass. It's an online multiplayer game. MMO SRPG. Yeah, it, it's not designed mm-hmm. as a single player game. It's designed around around people, and at the at its core, uh, every time CIG developers have opened their mouths, they talk about larger ships are designed for multiple people to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out the counterpoint to that. 
but I've spent forty thousand dollars of. <laughs> I was just about to say that, Paul, but I'm gonna get it. So I should be able to do what I want to do when I play this game. And CIT well, yeah. is just lying to me about <laughs> it's, everything. It's no one. No one can fix stupid. You can throw you stupid people can have money too. Like, like. You you can be illiterate and have money apparently because the like there's, there's, it's not like it's, it's not like this has been this this hasn't been a hidden fact this is a fact that has been around since the beginning of the campaign or your, your course, parents don't like you very much so they just hand you the credit card and lock you in the room I want you, I, I want mean, you guys to know just last I, month I invited we these, see what people with too much money do I invited these guys on the show so that they would give you the Pepto Bismol smooth version of understanding the development of Star Citizen but obviously Listen. They want to give you the Father John's full blast medicine. <laughs> listen, listen, spare the rod, spoil the child in this kind of situation, right? This is, this is sometimes you need some tough love. And, okay. and when it comes down to this, um, I, I will say that the counterpoint of that is, of course, CIG doesn't want to lock players into that they can only play right. with uh, with with other people. They mm. want to have the ability to play with other with other uh, with like solo. Yeah. But there's also a certain point where it's like. What are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, Connie solo. Yeah, you know, maybe some NPCs here or there, but you're going to like. You start getting these huge ones. It's like you're you're never going to talk to another person. You're like, what are you, you going to complain about when you know you get absolutely destroyed by another crew that actually has people? You know, kind, yeah. of, kind of thing. So, don't get me wrong. I plan on at least seventy five percent of my gameplay being by my damn self, mm -hmm. right? You know, but I'm going to be in ships that were meant for that, doing jobs and missions and, and, and activities in the game that were meant to be done by individuals. Mm -hmm. The challenge is when there are people that feel like they should have access to the entire plethora of activities in the game as a solo player, and that's just delusional. Yeah, uh, and, that's, and this is one of the reasons why we're going back to this guys about visions and dreams. Um, the tough part about the visions, and we're going to talk about this at the end of the show again in relation to CitizenCon, even though CIG has talked about transparency and making the backers aware of what they're doing and where they're going, the reality is, is that there's only so much of that that we get. Now, a lot of times the community says, well, we want to know everything or we want to know more. Um, you know, I personally, I told, I told Paul this the other day, I think that if we know 50 to 60% of it, I, that's about the most I would think that maybe we know. There's a lot of stuff that they don't share, partially because they're a business. And as much as we may want to know things uh, from a business standpoint in the sense of com competition and a lot of other things, there's some things they need to keep behind the closet. The second thing is, is that uh, sometimes there's been bad, I don't say that behavior is not the word I want to use, but, but there's giving us a lot of information has been both a blessing and a curse for CIG. Um, if they give us too much information, we take that information when it's being developed, and if it doesn't come into fruition, we beat them over the head with it. And if they don't give us enough information, then we say, well, we're backers, we should be getting more information. And so they've had and to, to find- that point, the, To that point, the roadmap is a good example, but go ahead. Yeah, the roadmap is one of those examples. Uh, but and, and so they've had to try to find what is the happy medium that allows them to say, yes, we are being transparent and passing on information to the community and the backers, and we respect that. But at the same time, from business standpoint reasons, there's a certain amount of information that they keep to themselves. And not just because of the fact that they catch heat, but again, from a business standpoint. Um, so I, I want to kind of talk about that. And let me go to Paul, because I know Gio, I mean, um, uh, Goma kind of expressed his thoughts about it. But that whole idea about when I get my I'm gonna, there's concerns I have too, that maybe there are people who think that 
Like one of the things we say on this show to people all the time is when you get, like when people say they want to buy a ship, right? They're going to support the game. They're going to buy a ship. We try to tell people, do your homework, do your research, don't buy it, fly with someone else, talk to some people who have it so that you'll know what that ship is ultimately going to be. Because I know people like, for example, I know one guy, he came into the game very, very excited. He heard about the things you could do, mining and salvage and this, that, and the other. So this is what he did. He went out and bought an exploration pack, mega exploration pack, with the intent of using his carrick to mine. Okay. I'm laughing apologetic reaction. And then after he bought it and found out that he couldn't use the carrick to mine, he got upset. He was angry because he looked at how much money he had spent. And so my thing is that this idea of when I get my this, I'm gonna. You know, Paul, can you talk a little bit about that? Because why it's important for people to, you know, it's great for us to dream, gamers dream, nothing wrong with that. We're not trying to stifle dreams, but we're also trying to say, you know, your reality your reality is gonna be in another world if you're not careful with the development of a game like Star Citizen. But Paul, what were you gonna say? Uh, I, I'll say I'll say that the sandworm is a big example, and mm-hmm. this is this is a this is a uh, in defense of those dreamers because Chris Roberts and CIG do, do often lean into it and often lean into it. I mean, uh, what was what was the big? There wasn't there a big um, trailer that they did uh, that was that was all about like dreams um that there was fan made trailer that oh, imagine, imagination imagine imagine imagine, imagine yeah. yeah imagine trailer the imagine trailer <laughs> um two of them yeah uh it was the player one and then there was the one that was made f- by the players using cig's assets for mm-hmm. cig mm-hmm. and uh for those of you who don't know in 2016 there was a uh or was it 2016 2015 i can't well, remember hold on before you get there you want to go into that now well, I was just going to say the sandworm. Okay, like, like, well, like I, got, I, got, I got video footage to go with you. That's why I'm asking. Okay. If you're going to go there, let me show the footage. Okay? Okay, go for All it. right, because there may be some uh, people who didn't see it, but we're going to show you the parts of the presentation. This was, as Paul said, CitizenCon 2016. And we're going to show you the parts that really got people pumped up. And we titled this section, Tuscan Raiders, Sandworms, and Sandstorms. So check this out. I think we were all there, too, except for GoMap. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We were. Start alive. Yep. Do you want me to kind of talk over this, or just do you want to? Do you want to uh, you can feel free. Um, so this uh, this is an example of uh, what CIG used to do for CitizenCon. They used to do these big, um, big pre-created, scripted, almost uh, cinematic vertical slices. Um, like this was before they had working vehicles. They still had the use system in place. Um, like this is all done, like, like it's it's a script. It's it's in engine, but it's it's in engine scripted. And uh, the idea of this was to show off the new ground tech that they had been make, making. It's going to cha- it's going to change now. Going to the uh, okay. sandstorm now. Yeah. So when this happened, they were talking about dynamic weather patterns, and they were trying to create all these dynamic weather. So they showed this off and be like. We're working on this so you can have like random dynamic sandstorms come through and kind of cover everything and um you know you, you have to you have to take shelter and uh you know this is all in engine so this is all stuff we've made it's all the effects we've made and you got to get in inside so like this this whole presentation was done and said as if this was 
something they were working as a prototype in game for everyone. You see like the things flying off there. Uh, like it's <laughs> this whole thing was set up as a imagined situation. This was the future. Mm -hmm. And the way this was presented at CitizenCon was as if, you know, this is going to be coming soon, right? They never said this was years away. They said, okay, this is, this is what we're going to show you. But they never explicitly said it was going to be coming, but they never explicitly said it wasn't going to be coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, this is just our, our, our ideas. And next, the, the ending up. of this, yeah, <laughs> like the ending of this, we see like the, the sandworm, you know, moving around. Fucking this style. Yeah. This is this is before the Dune movie, by the way. This right here. This everyone lost wow. their mind when this came out. They're like, "This is real." They've got they got sandworms in game. I can't tell you how many people today still look at this as, with super bitter moments. Like this is probably the one of the this is probably one of the saltiest moments in gaming history. That wow because, <laughs> wow I, I will put it up there because that was put up there and everyone lost their minds. They were like, "That's really cool," to the mm -hmm. point where. Other games were stealing this idea. Um, we're putting this idea up there because, I mean, obviously Dune is it's Dune inspired, and Dune had been around. Uh, Icarus, time. yeah. But Icarus, oh, right after this had been released, Icarus put put a uh, um, put a, the sandworm in the game mm -hmm. and their game. And you know, they, even no, Man, no Man's Sky teased sandworms and stuff like that. So, oh god. The the problem is is that this came out. And everyone's like, I can't wait to do this to get a good deal with a sandworm and everything like that. Um, this was 2016, I think. Yep. Yeah, it was. Yep. So 2016, that was, yeah. That was around the same time we had 3.0 release, so it was close to 3.0 release. It was leading up to it. was leading up to it. He gave us the big preview for what was going to be coming in 3.0. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I could just tell you, that's, that's still not in the game. So, so many people were like, when this comes out. So this is one of the situations where the dream of Star Citizen was being sold by CIG in a way that was kind of deceptive because... While they never officially said this is coming out soon, they never said it wasn't coming out soon. And this is the kind of that weasel word stuff. And and that's where like a lot of the dreams get, gets fed into because people are thinking like all of this stuff is going to be in game. We're going to see sandstorms and dynamic weather systems and sandworms and Tuscan Raiders and all these sorts of great. This is great. Yeah. You know, let me go to something Mad Style saying because we've talked about this on the show before. You're absolutely right, Mad Style. Um, when this video starts out. That. Yeah, when the video starts out, right at the very beginning, bottom left corner, it says Lear Three. Yeah. But we oh, didn't no, I, we didn't get it. We didn't get it back then. I mean we didn't understand I, it, you know, for a lot of people. Paul may have. I, I mean, <laughs> but, oh yeah. I mean I, I knew that Lear Three was on the other side of the it wasn't anywhere near Stanton. But the point wasn't that it was Lear Three. The point was like and it, this is the point where you know, people thought that server measuring was still just around the corner, that new systems mm -hmm. were just around the corner. Mm -hmm. Because CIG would still be, this is like a right off of the the, the, the kind of super tight end, we're not going to tell you a lot of information because we got to get 3.0 out kind, yeah. of, kind of situation. And also, the, the other thing that happened at this particular CitizenCon was, this is when many of us went to Los Angeles with the hope that we were going to see a vertical slice of Squadron 42. And yes. there was kind of a, I don't, it wasn't a bait and switch, but they chose... Well, not to show it, but they ended up doing this instead. And in yeah. some ways, this pacified us. But to Paul's point, we're going to talk about this at the end of the show, how there became a change with Citizen Cons. The earlier years of Citizen Cons really were about vision. That's what they really were about. It's like, this is what we would mm -hmm. like to be able to do. 
But of course, we're hungry as gamers. You show us stuff like this. This is red meat. You know what I mean? We're like, when is this coming out? You know, and if you say we're yeah. working on it, well, there's a caveat to that. That could mean eight years from now, like Paul said, <laughs> it doesn't mean it's coming out next year. But yeah, that's what we were feeling. We were like, oh my definitely, God. Well, definitely back then, that, that was the impression that a lot, many, many folks got, though. We were yeah. coming in like a year or two, yeah. but nope. Gio, you were there. Yeah. When you saw this, you know, where, what did this do for you as far as uh, coming from console? You know, you didn't have a PC, but you're seeing all this stuff right in front of you. Oh, dude, I was blown away with my mouth open. I'm just sitting there like, I had the VIP ticket. I'm like, dude, this is what I signed up for. I'm like, I was amazed. Now I knew, see me, I'm one of those people, what they're doing, like from the moment I bought into this game, that's why I research, mm -hmm. just don't buy stuff, mm -hmm. research. Um, so you know what you're getting yourself into. I knew this game was gonna take a long time for what they were doing. Cause you know, EA, Activisions, they're not even doing stuff like this. So mm -hmm. um, like, the tech that they were pushing was amazing. I, I looked at like some of their older demos mm -hmm. and this was one of the things I used to love about CIG when they would show something, you can actually do it in the game. Like you look at the space station when po Port all first came out, I forgot what demo that was. Mm -hmm. Um, 2014, you can, yeah. Which one? That was in 2014, 2015. Yeah. It was, it was right before 2.0 came out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so when, when they showed those stations, you can actually do that. I'm like, there's no way. Cause before I'm, I'm looking at some of the E3s and stuff. It, a lot of that stuff was smoke and mirrors and what came out, you never got. So what CIG was so showing, they were actually showing that and you can do it. Same thing with the Gamescom demo when you could, you know, uh, fly to, uh, I forgot, what is that plant that they took away? Oh, Olevsky, uh, Gordon Olevsky, Gordon Olevsky, Delmar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when they showed that demo, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. And then not too long, that eventually came out. Um, so they were actually showing stuff that you can actually do in game. This was like the first demo that came out and it's been like outlandish long that this isn't coming in game. So mm -hmm. I think after this one came out, they start reeling stuff back. Like, Hey, this is way too far off to show us, which mm -hmm. I actually like it. In my opinion, I like shit like this. Like, okay, this is what may be coming out in the next five, six years. Uh, mm -hmm. perhaps I, I love seeing stuff way in the future. I don't like the, super current like oh this is like a couple months away mm -hmm. or you can do this that and the third or, right. or a year off i like super far in the future but this this got me even more hooked when i saw it i go my i'm the, I'm the opposite on that i was about to say you weren't there so you give me i was gonna ask you what's your thoughts because we were there so you give us your thoughts uh, if they if you got a hundred percent of the content i want 85 percent of it tell me about what's what's dropping mm -hmm. What's what's in the hopper? What's coming out like within the next few quarters? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what I'm saying what can I expect to see? You know, I need some. I, I need I, I need some hot and stanky dropping like right now. Like, hey, <laughs> folks that ain't here right now, log in. You get this new feature. Congratulations, <laughs> three point two is is live. You're yeah. Good. Um, you know, what I'm saying and then tell me what's coming by the end. You know, uh, you know what they're working on. Mm -hmm. like, hey, we're 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 rounding the finish line on this thing, and this other thing is 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 about to be knocked out. I, I need to know like. Tell me what's happening now. Don't tell me what you're thinking about trying to do. Maybe possibly soon. Yeah, and and, we're, and that's because, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That, because that's that's what you know. It's like just like Paul said, right? Yeah, they they scripted this. They put this out here. The Tuscan Raiders and the the dynamic weather patterns and the sandworms and stuff. That was all really cool. And it really just sounded like Chris was like, "These are the things I want." And somebody was like, "Yeah, I think I could do that." And then they went and looked, tried to do it. And they're like, "Ah, snap! We don't have the technology to do this though. Mm -hmm. Like, and we gotta invent it and make it. And we're nowhere close. We're literally." What was this 2016? 2016. Yeah. 
2016. Yeah, so we're li literally seven years away from yeah. from from a from this demo, and they're nowhere close mm -hmm. to. I mean, they, well, they got dynamic clouds now. Well, I mean, they, I ain't seen yeah. well this is what they do. I, this is the deal on a client, on a single client, they can run it, right? But the the object is, like you said, to put it into the verse, and that's what they can't do because they they showed us. In fact, weirdly enough, they even showed us. Um, I don't know if it was a calling all devs or whatever. After they did this in 2016, they actually showed the guy on the computer putting it together and showed it to us and everything. So it wasn't just like a cinematic animation. They had the technology to produce. Now, dynamic weather go mob, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like the storm thing was something that they could do. But again, like you said, we're nowhere near being able to put that into the platform that's on the larger scale for us, right? We just can't Wait, do dynamic so weather. This, so this game... This game looks beautiful, mm -hmm. right? It looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. But let's not kid ourselves, right? We're in 2023 looking at a beautiful 2018 level graphics mm -hmm. that runs like crap unless you have the top level Agreed. stuff. Agree, right? agree. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot they can do, you know, on a single clients right right and if you build it for that right. this this game the, the way they've architected the back end on this game has never been for that right. uh, I've, I've always said this game is almost like the, the 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 guy that hits the gym every day but skips leg day all the time <laughs> mm -hmm. so he's super swole up top but his chicken legs right on the back end right. and they can't right. handle anything mm -hmm. um so that's why we're that's why we're experiencing you know the challenges with server meshing and pes and all that stuff because they got to go back yeah. and do squats yeah true in order to support and, all and, these and, and, features and, that they want to do you're 100% right. I'm just letting people know. I don't want people to think that this was just some animated cinematic and that was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, right. all, that's all I'm saying. You know, you're right. They don't have this. They don't have the system to support it. And that's what we really need for it to be able to do. It was in, it was an engine. And yeah. like, you know, but, but, and I think, but I think this is like to, to, to bring to the point is that it's not just the backers faults for getting their, letting their imaginations go wild. Right. CIG 100% leaned into the dream. Yep. And, because well, look, look at what they use tuscan raiders right doom yeah. the worms i mean all the things that would trigger <laughs> any big science yeah. fiction fan dude the first thing slobbery. i said they interviewed me afterwards i'm like this gave me a star wars vibe that was the first thing i said because mm. because of that you got the sandstorm the the tuscan raiders mm -hmm. but Tatooine. But, I, you know, we got to give CIG a little credit. Like, their demos before, this is like the first one they really faked. If you look back, I mean, you had the R-Corp de demo. I mean, I, when I saw that, I'm like, dude, is that going to be real? It was real. The poor Alasar, like I said before that, the the lag ski demo, all those you were able to do, mm -hmm. and it came out what they showed. Now, this was the one <laughs> that came out, and they, like, extremely added, like, a lot of fake in it, right. and it's really far out. But, I mean, it was amazing. It's just, like, I hope they can really bring this true like they did their other demos. So I, I give CIG credit for that because mm -hmm. that was the thing that always hooked me with them and a lot of the other game companies won't do. Like, Destiny's one of the games. Like they'll show you, like, hey, you could see all that out there in, uh, on an E3 demo. Look, all that out there you could explore. And when the game comes out, you go out of bounds and you die. You know, it was yeah. just a whole bunch of lies like that within the industry. And CIG wasn't doing that. They were like, hey, what you see is what you're going to be able to do. Now, they kind of veered off from that. Now they kind of reeled it back in after this demo because they got so much shit after it. But I think CIG has a pretty good record with some of these demos, if you ask me. Well, we're going to talk about the transition. Apology, jump in. We're going to talk about the transition because there was a transition that went from demos that were much more visionary about what Chris was showing us. This is what we want to do 
And then we started moving more toward a, this is what we know we can do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I agree. I, you know, it's kind of like it, it, I, what GoMob was saying earlier. It's kind of like the roadmap, right? Some people, that, that year-long roadmap, they have no problem with it. There are other people, they don't need to see a year-long roadmap. They just want to see their first three months because that year-long roadmap for them is, is not meaningful to them. They, they want to know what's coming out soon. Some other people are very curious and it doesn't bother them to see, you know, the, and if something gets pulled off in month nine or month six, doesn't phase them. Other people, they, they see something, they're looking for it to be follow through for it to show up, right? So I'm mean, not gonna make everybody happy. Everybody has a different perspectives about when they're dreaming about this game. Uh, who was there just came in? Vampire in the Sun, thank you so much for that follow. Shimpasa, thank you for the sub. Firehawk, thank you for the follow as well. And Paul, you were gonna say something. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, my, my, the whole point with the whole thing was was that, uh, like, like when we started seeing, this is the last kind of point where we started to see the game come together. Mm. Because by this point, 2.0 had been out for mm. a bit. Yeah. And 3.0 was about to get released. Ooh, can you talk the, about that for a second, Paul? I don't mean to cut you off. Talk about what happened the year before, which also made us very hungry. Because you got to remember this too, Gomob, to this point. We're in the point now where... You know, we get quarterly releases. The year before oh, this, boy. Paul, talk about what happened the year leading into 2016, which made us even so hungrier. Tr- <laughs> the great drought. So, f- first off, I think it was was it was it at a Citizen Con that they released the Squadron 42 um, trailer, or was it after? It was after. It was after. It was after. Yeah. It was. It was. It was sometime at the end of 2015. They announced the that Squadron 42 was going to release in 2016. And uh, on top of that, they uh, they announced uh, uh, Star Marine, which <laughs> was just the, called the FPS module up to that point. And mm. they finally uh-huh. um, uh, were, were announcing Star Marine coming out. And uh, so they released 2.6. And the last version of 2.6 they released was in January of 2016, which was, I believe, and I may be, my date may be wrong on this one because this is one I was, it's, it's kind of screwed up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, 263 and 263 mm. was the last patch we got and then we didn't have a patch until november of that year not a single update uh now we did get videos and we often got 45 minute <laughs> inside star citizens yep. where it was yeah. like an entire breath at the, but cig's also gone on record and saying like that broke them <laughs> they couldn't do that every every week right like, like there was too much time they were spending more time doing interviews and they were making mm-hmm. videos or making game the games yep. they couldn't do that anymore was it, it wasn't inside star system back then was it it was no it was it was, it was around the verse and reverse the verse around the verse and reverse the verse well that and they also looked at the stats they said people weren't yeah. watching the whole thing so they thought it was a waste of time which i'm like numbers yeah. don't always tell the story so mm-hmm. i don't like how they did that mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and but, also there were a lot of there were a lot of actor interviews for squad 42 like gray old man and uh, yeah, other people that was the other thing out. yeah Sandy had so, interviewed all the actors in Squadron 42. So like Paul said, there was a lot of stuff that subconsciously and consciously had us kind of hyped up for this particular Citizen Con. Yeah. And and I think 2016 was the year without a patch. And if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, it could have been 2015. Mm-hmm. Chat can correct me if I'm wrong. But there, there was it was just around this time when, like, the bottom fell out of a lot of people's patience for CIG. Yep. So... Um, it was like, this is, this is kind of like that point, but that, but it was around this point as well, that 3.0 was starting to come out mm. and then things started picking up to the point where we are, are today. Yeah. Um, it was, 
it was and that and that I think that alone, just that that experience changed how CIG talks with the community because they they went from being a company of like a 15 people in a basement to being an actual company and they realized they needed to change that. And that's when certainly you start to see the dream talk start to dwindle a little bit more. So yeah, Chad, Chad is correcting us. It's, it's 2017. Are you sure you were 17? Yeah. Are you yes. all sure? I thought it was 17. I oh. thought it was 17. Yeah. So this was right it, before. It, this was right before the big drought. So yeah. Oh. Like I said, I was. I'm. I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong with those dates because I never. I never remember those dates specifically. Oh. I know they've been so long. <laughs> so, right, so we got blue ball. Say- then they put us on the drought. So yeah. <laughs> so can I can I just say I, yeah. I, I I think I, I think I'm in between Go Mavin and 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 Geo with this because I, I don't I don't I don't I, I, well I don't really care if it's if it's all stuff that's really coming out really soon or stuff that's going out really far. But I mean like I'm okay with, with the current roadmap being being um a quarter ahead instead of a whole year ahead. But, but maybe I maybe I'm I'm in, I'm in the minority. But back to the original point of this uh, particular segment, I just want to say when I when I first got my endeavor when i first got my bmm i was one of the people who said oh when i get my endeavor i'm going to modify component solo component solo mm-hmm. when i get my bmm i'm going to fly and sell stuff solo i'm going to hide a whole bunch of ai blaze and oh. NPC. I, I was one of those people back then and i don't mind owning up to that i'm a solo my interest yeah. and i mean yeah. and i you know um ways to die video <laughs> 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 I, and I can understand where some of that comes from, Fast Car, because we also came out of Eve, where we did have these mm-hmm. big ships that we took out and did all this stuff with, you know. But we also had the to start back then. They, they, they were talking about Blade back then, so I was thinking, oh, I, maybe maybe I don't need a, a crew at all because mm. I just to stick a blade in there and, and and do everything I want. So yeah. that, that, that was my misunderstanding there. And and in defense of those people, like there there really weren't a lot of games that were multi-crew game simulators. They didn't exist. Yeah. There was two. It's like true. at that time, there was it was it was Artemis Bridge Simulator and eventually um, Star Trek. No, that wasn't mm-hmm. back then. That was after. That was like after Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, Artemis was, there was the another one. was the generic version of that. And then there's like mm-hmm. um, there's one that's still around here. It's like uh, Pulsar. Pulsar. Pulsar was the one that was like, it was it was in like early access at that point. <clears throat> and now we have a bunch of them. You know, Sea of Thieves and a bunch of other stuff like that. But that that, that sort of genre didn't exist of multi crew ship. You know, piloting didn't really exist until yeah. recently. True. So true. Okay. Well, we have probably angered some people maybe i don't know <laughs> but i figure we'll change the gears a little bit and and let's talk about another dream that existed amongst star citizen backers and that was uh sandy gardner um some of you guys know sandy gardner she was over marketing for cig and sandy used to come out to the citizen cons and always open up the show every year and when sandy would come out you know we've seen her on atv uh on round the verse and stuff and we've seen her uh on some other shows but this was sandy right and Boy, oh boy, people were like, oh, that's Sandy Gardner. Oh my God, she's a woman, she's a gamer, she's beautiful, she's smart, she knows all about the game. And people got so pumped up. Remember this, guys, about Sandy Gardner? And then the news broke that Sandy Gardner (laughs) was married. Let's talk about, um, there was some period during this dream period where this became an issue. And I don't know if you guys remember, if you guys were around long enough to remember this, but there were people who tried to make a really big deal out of this. Um, oh the, yeah, the fact that they I were remember. married. Yeah, I remember one person in particular. Well, I don't, I'm not even going the... there. I'm not even going there. I'm just speaking about mm-hmm. even within the community. There were people who mm-hmm. felt there were points of deception. 
And the reality of it is that Sandy Gardner, most, well, some of you all know that Sandy Gardner has been an actress for many years. And, and like a lot of actresses, they will not go by a name or a last name tied to someone who happens to be a producer of a motion picture company. They like to build their career on themselves. Uh, but it got translated into, oh, they were trying to be deceptive. They weren't trying to tell anybody they were married, blah, blah, blah. Like, like people in the company didn't know they were married, right? So Paul, two kids by that point too. Yeah, it's like, like yeah. let's just not pretend that like like those two children are in. The, I, I I think they were they were they were born by then. But, yeah, uh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, they yeah. were born. Yeah, because remember there was a certain person who doxed. Remember that the doxing thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah from the not smart refugee. Not darn business about right. their personal life. Exactly. Like, that's that's that. That's one of my challenges with this community is mm -hmm. the level of entitlement, entitlement. Mm -hmm. into like mm -hmm. every aspect. I swear to you, unless I mean CIG could put live video feeds into every hallway, office, conference room in CIG, and they would still feel like they need to understand your thoughts. <laughs> They need to know the thoughts that they're having when they're walking by. They're, it's not enough for them to see what's. Oh man, it's, it's, it's too much. Mm -hmm. And also, can, can I point out a, 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 a uh, I don't want, I'm not sure what the word is, but Aaron Roberts is Chris Roberts' brother. Right. No one, you didn't hear peep about that. It was all about Sandy and, and, and stuff well, no, like that. That's not, true. Robert, that's not true. It came up well, about yeah, Aaron, it, too. It, it, it wasn't to the degree. It wasn't oh, to the same no, no, degree. not to the same degree. Yeah, I didn't hear too much about that. Anything I heard it was Thank a you. W because, because of how much experience he had on the Lego game. Oh, no, they, they got into yeah. a whole nepotism thing at one point. I mean, there was a whole bunch of stuff that came out during I, that period of time. We're going to say, Paul? What I what I will say <laughs> is I, I understand why a lot of people got upset about it because mm -hmm. um, CIG did go out of their, or they did go out of their way to hide it. Mm-hmm. And um, now the the reality is is that there were some people who went way too hard. And look <laughs> at it this way: Jill and I have been in those videos. Mm -hmm. All right, we were in. We have our faces in those videos of those people trying to take down Sandy Gardner and uh, and Chris Roberts. <laughs> they have used our videos and our likenesses in those videos because people reach out to me today, be like, "Hey, do you know you're here or whatever?" Oh my goodness! Like, it gets brought up again because we've been in, we've been doing stuff for a long time. Wow! Like. And, and when and I remember when it came out, um, both me and Gio were like, "Okay, <laughs> we, like, why do we care? Are they making the game? Is this okay? Is she she doing good? Okay, yeah. okay. Huh. I don't know why people are upset about it, but yeah, that was that was definitely a it was a huge huge thing, and it I think it culminated in a really weird hit piece pretty recently." Done by Forbes. Oh God! I was like Forbes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Twenty twenty screwed my uh, time. My my perspective. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I can't um, believe it's twenty twenty. I'm like, huh? Yeah, Forbes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was another crazy. But one. I, I, all I can say is, you, like, that was a thing. But at the same time, it was yeah. I never understood a lot of it. But uh, at the same time, like, like yeah, yeah. I, I understood why people were confused because I was confused as to why they hit it. But when it came out, it was more like. Okay. Yeah, big, like, right. It didn't change anything, right? And, and you know, I kind of jokingly put this in to kind of say, because maybe some of these jokers were out here dreaming about Sandy when they found out later <laughs> they weren't very supportive. They got oh, mad. No. You know, I don't know, oh, man. No. Listen, I used to hear a lot of cats talking about they wanted to go meet Sandy Sandy Gardner. That's all I can tell you. Oh, so, I got a chance to talk to you Sandy? Know, yeah. So anyway, that's the name of that nerd. Yeah, I know. Okay. I ain't got enough money like a nerd uh, Chris Roberts got her. <laughs> you got to have, you got to be a smart nerd with a lot of money to get a chick like that, my man. 
All right. Let's talk about moving from the dream aspect to, oh, you know what? Hey, Before Gio, we I do that. that comment, brother. Yeah, I know. I'm, he's so silly. I'm stuck with the nerds. What he's you mean? So <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, quick, we're gonna do our station identification here. As you guys know, we've been raising money for St. Jude Children's Hospital uh, for the Play li uh, Play Live uh, fundraiser. Uh, we are looking to raise ten thousand uh, dollars by October twenty second, which is the weekend of Citizen Con, and you guys have already been helping us do that. Uh, our goal is ten thousand dollars. We're already at one thousand three hundred and twenty two dollars within just one month, and we know that you guys will continue to support us. So. We're asking that if you take a look at the link that we've clicked in, we're gonna play a little video for you. And then after that, we're gonna talk about what happens with it. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital like and YouTube soul. are teaming up to help end childhood cancer. In September, supporters from across the nation come together during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month to raise money for the kids of St. Jude. And that's when YouTube gamers will be posting videos and live streaming to raise funds to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food, because all a family should worry about is helping their child live. Money Raise also supports the research that leads to groundbreaking medical discoveries that St. Jude freely shares around the globe. I can only imagine as a parent the relief that they feel when someone like St. Jude steps in. I think it's a really good lesson for us to realize that we need to do more and we can do more. It is a huge step in the right direction a huge step in helping just people and giving back. It's all for good. And we have a responsibility, a social responsibility to help out. Find your favorite video or live stream during St. Jude Play Live on YouTube for Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and donate to this amazing cause. Your support will help St. Jude further its incredible mission. Finding cures, saving children. Let's end childhood cancer together. All righty, all righty, all righty. And as I mentioned earlier, we do have some tiers of giving that we've been doing. Uh, we've already reached the $1,000 mark. We're on our way to the $2,000 mark. And as you guys can see from the tiers, we have a variety of giveaways that we're going to do. We have a great anonymous uh, donor who has given us many of the things that you see on the screen to help us reach that goal. So we're hoping you guys will toss in every time we reach a goal we will have a giveaway and uh you'll be able to be possibly the winner of a wonderful wonderful star citizen package of some form if we get to ten thousand dollars paul we're going to give away an endeavor master set if you can believe that if we get to ten thousand dollars so um yeah so what we're going to do approve. you approve, approve as, a member, <laughs> as, as a member as as a lifelong member of the cult of the endeavor i, I approve so <laughs> fair yeah, enough. that's what i got behind me too so yeah fair enough fair enough so yeah if you guys can take a look at the link we put it in the chat there for you uh if you're interested please we like to give consideration to giving to saint jude children's hospital and that would be a very awesome thing um, and I'll, I'll give away an LTI sandworm as well. An LTI sandworm, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All righty, let's go ahead and hop into the next item. We're moving from dreams to reality. Now, this is where we're going to spend a little bit more time, guys. Um, we're going to talk about what it takes to build the team. Now, as you guys know, there are multiple studios. And Paul, I mean, you help confirm with some of this. Uh, multiple studios that CIG has had over the years. Um, as you guys know, they just recently built a brand new studio in Manchester, um, but they've had studios in, and still do Austin, Texas, Los Angeles, Frankfurt, Germany, Derby, UK, Manchester. 
and then as you guys know, Turbulent just recently uh, was brought into the fold of the parent company of CIG. So now they're Montreal, Toronto. And then Paul, you had mentioned this on your show yesterday, but when I went to the Turbulent website, they did have lions down in France. Leon? Yep. Yeah. Leon, rather. Leon. I said lion. God, my yeah. ignorance. Leon. They, 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 they announced it fairly recently that they were opening up a, a studio there. Oh, okay. So, like, it was, like, within the last two or three months that they okay. announced it. And okay. it, 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 it's kind of like the Montreal studio that they built in Montreal, because I believe Turbulent is... Like there's two studios technically in Montreal, whatever. It's the mm. the game studio that they built. Okay, he's in Montreal, okay. and and it's similar to that. Leon is is the is, is that same situation where it's about, I think it's if it's being built, it's only a couple of people right now, but it's eventually going to expand. So mm. okay, all right. Well, we're going to show a quick video of just a couple of the studios, two of the studios. You guys can go on the website. CIG actually at one point used to go to all the studios and give you a tour of those studios. It's very interesting to see. But again, we're trying to match up this, this visions with, with the dreams and the reality. Once you see the workspaces that they work in. Paul, you've been to the Austin studios. I think I've been to the Austin studios. Uh, FC, you've been to the Austin studios? Okay. I've been to LA and Austin. You went to both of them. Okay, all right. Gio, did you go to Austin studio? Both, sir, yes. You went to both? Okay, all right. Uh, Goma, have you been to any of the studios? Not yet? I have not been to any of the studios yet. Okay, all right, cool. All right, so let's take a quick look at the Austin studio. Let's take this goes back a little bit, guys. So understand this is not the most recent, but we just want you to see what there was in the early days. Okay, here we go. So the building was built in 1908. It's historic downtown Austin. Coming up here, we'll take a look inside the building. And All right, guys, come on in. So a new office. Um, check it out. We move in this Saturday, actually. Today's Thursday, for the record. All right. Very nice. Let me just take it all out. Yeah. It's cool. 1908 building, historic Austin. We're in the basement. So this is all, this is, you have solid, I mean, this, I know, is, this like is like storm cellar quality. I know, well, I think, it, I think it was a storm cellar. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Welcome to Chris's large, humongous office where you can almost touch here to here in not even two seconds. Here's going to be the art pit. Take a look around there. We have the programming room here where we put in the programmers in the cave so you know they don't need light. Um, our art director, our chief visual officer, his name is, I can't tell you yet, but you'll find out soon. So here we are into the wingman's basement. Dark, dark, dank, and where all the magic happens. Have our little coffee and tea area here. over here. Here's our conference room here. We'll come on in. So we got a little conference table that's going to go in here. We're going to put a, a screen on the wall over there for a projector. Hang a projector up here. Blast on the wall so we can see it. We'll also be showing you a lot of presentations from this room. This is sort of our presentation room. So you get a peek at our network, guys. Say hi, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up? And then here we're going to have the uh, design pit. All along the wall here will be designers. Um, Make it Star Citizen. This is all about Squadron 42. It's all about uh, Star Citizen. And it's all thanks to you. Appreciate it. Okay, so Paul, do you know where that is? The historic district? Where that was? Because that was the original place where they were. That's not where they are now. Uh-oh. Yeah, the... the um... I, I know generally where that is. It is downtown Austin. 
um, to give you to, to, for anyone who doesn't hasn't been to downtown Austin, there's no parking. It's a nightmare. <laughs> oh. it, it, trying to drive around there, and when he's talking about a basement, mm-hmm. it's a basement. I haven't been to that building specifically, but I know those sort of size of buildings, mm-hmm. and you know they're, they're trying to make it sound kind of big, but it's it's like five rooms. Um, it's not very big, they're, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a tiny space that 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 area was. So and I, and I want folks. The reason why I want to show this is that we're talking about you know the the vision and where they began with CIG started out with officially according to their their numbers was thirteen employees when they started. Um, this is within a year of the Kickstarter of 2012. And I think their number may have went up to 47 or something. I forget what the number is. I can look it up in a second. But my point is that you can see that they really started out in humble beginnings, um, very small space. Um, I think a lot of people think, oh, they had $8 million. They were probably spending all this money on this, that, and the other. We're going to talk about a real big controversy that came up with that and what the reality was behind that as well. Uh, let's take a look at the LA office. And then this, this is going to kind of lead into the subject that we're going to be talking about. So let's look at that one. Oops, wrong one. Howdy. Hello, how you doing? Hi, Jared. How you doing? Good to meet you, Chris. This is my daughter, Cassidy. Cassidy? She's a fan, too. Oh, she wants a fist bump. Very nice to meet you. How are you doing? So welcome to the Cloud Imperium offices. Uh, we literally just moved in this morning. In fact, some of this furniture was getting put in this morning. Appreciate you letting you us stop by. Yes, I do, so we actually. Do. Okay. This is our... Uh, uh, Rear Admiral card, so nicely made in metal. They're all currently actually being mass produced, <laughs> mailed out as we speak. So, and the idea with these cards is that when you've got your citizen's card, um, whether it's stopping by the office or coming to an event we do at PAX Prime or we do over at Gamescom, uh, it'll be sort of like your entrance. And so over here is uh, our conference Paul, room. I know you use that card all the time. Uh, and this is actually where a fair amount of stuff's going to happen. We do a lot of uh, video conferencing. It's when I'm talking with the team in Austin and I'm here and we've got a nice big screen. Website's up there, I think we're doing all right today. 8612, not bad. Right, so then after the conference room is sort of the break kitchen area. All the walls are kind of bad, but Cyber we'll stuff on it. And actually, I think we'll you got me. And uh, of course here, we've got like lots of awesome gifts from uh, everybody in the community. We have uh, cupcakes. We've got like, we've got the RSI logos, Cloud Imperium logo on it and a squadron 42 logo that's brilliant we have some mugs from the black widow company and uh, a nice crew coffee uh bro so uh, jared's uh, part of the black widow company so thank you very much over here this awesome wine gift uh, which i believe came from solaris so thank you very much solaris and uh, then on top of that we also have um, the chocolates it's all for the la office from samsung anti wellheim ah, i believe in finland thank you very much so everyone can be uh, here and uh, eat sugar and be caffeinated and make stars different. So over here is uh, our server room, uh, which is uh, at, where the fiber actually comes At in. one point, most of the liquor uh, in the Austin studio Barton, was, uh, was, was fan produced. Like fans just gave them liquor bottles. Just constantly gave them. If people didn't eat like a lot of this used to, it may still do, but they used to have pizza delivered to them too, to the offices. Food. Thank you very much, Martin. Right. He's setting up all our server and the network stuff here. And uh, in the old days, this used to be machines full to here, and now it's just a few racks, which is kind of cool. Uh, so let's head upstairs, and I can show you where the rest of the action happens. So up here is the Think at Work area, which has a couple of Planet Imperium Star Wars up first. So we have Sandy Gardner. Get more racks now. 
heads up our marketing and uh, our customer service. So over here, if we spin around, uh, we have David Haddock, who's our incredibly talented writer, and he's uh, hard at work. Although we have a nice, we have a whole bunch of nice computers on the way, but they show up next week, so he's still working on. Everybody's it. working on laptops. Um, so obviously, we don't we don't have many people in it right yeah, now. Yeah, they just the said they just moved in that day. Mm -hmm. Bigger. So in here is my office, and the, the idea is to try and have an open work environment so everyone can communicate and talk to each other. And, and then if we're doing a call, like an interview or something, close it up. So in here is my uh, office, which we haven't put any on the wall yet. And then uh, over here is uh, the Concordia, which was uh, the uh, flagship of Admiral Tolwyn in the Wing Commander movie. And this was actually something the art department built on the film, which we gave to the 3D uh, effects artist that uses a model to, uh, to use as reference. And then over here is uh, my LA office machine, um, which I actually built last night. So. So in the meeting table we got here, I have another present, which is light suit. So that's kind of cool. And I think we have some dog tags here. Star Citizen, Titanium. Star, thank you very much. So over here is, uh, uh, so just kind of the last area. I think I didn't show that we have an office over here. It's on the other side here where Simon's sitting. And then in here we have, people can work here. And then there's a place that a lot of, uh, you guys will be seeing a lot, although you probably won't be realizing you're in this place because uh, we've built a sort of small green screen stage. Uh, we're going to do video stuff from LA as well. Wingman's Hangar is going to have some competition, uh, and uh, this is the main sort of place we'll shoot against. All right, so these are the new Los Angeles Cloud Imperium offices. Uh, so it's our beachhead in the war of development of Star Citizen. If any of you out there are interested in joining the battle to make the best space sim ever, that would be great looking for physics programmers, uh, graphics programmers, and some gameplay programmers. And you know, if you're a great artist or you know, you've got other, you're a designer, you want to contribute, please reach out to us. This wouldn't have happened without all your support. So your support's enabling us to do this, enabling to do what we're doing in Austin, and we're also gonna be ramping up some in Montreal. Uh, so we're gonna make a fantastic game for you. Thank you, thank you so Can much. Can I just say how young you looked right then? Backing. Man, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> so, uh, it was 10 years ago, all right? Over, it's 10 years still. Ago. Yeah, yeah that girl in that video still. is probably an 18 year old now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So again, these are like the origins of, again, the vision aspect of where they wanted to go. We know that CIG has now grown beyond this uh, with the acquisition of Turbulent. They now uh, are around 1,100 employees now. So the company has grown since then. And we just showed you Wait, guys. Are you telling me they didn't start off with 500 million and all these employees from day no, one? No, not at not, What? They not grew at, there? Not at all. They they had to uh, grow there to get there, right? An, no, another another thing know, to that, keep that, in that, mind. That, 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 that's but, a lie. You know, they've they've he's spending that money on yachts. His <laughs> <laughs> time on yachts. They still yachts, hookers, and blow. Thirteen employees, Jared Huckabee, a couple guys yeah. on Reddit, and really good video makers, and everybody yeah. else is just you know yachts. Um, to, to also put this in context, CIG does not have those two studios in LA and Austin anymore. They right. have brand new studios, which are not brand new anymore, but those yep. are not those are the old studios when they first started out. Yep. So if I didn't make that clear, thank you for making that clear. This was the you yeah. know how things got started. <laughs> <laughs> how they get yeah. started okay well they still have studios in those locations just oh yeah not that right same. just not, not those facilities those they're, they're, they've yeah. left those places they've left those places absolutely okay 
Um, thank you for that, Thrakazog. Again, thank you for the gifted sub to Fast Card. Oh God, thank you. Like he needs thank one. You. Okay. Um, <laughs> Don't get Fast Card nothing from here on out. I, I gotta I come know. at all these bands. I'm getting man. I gotta speaking oh, of bands. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Phase Two here of the stretch goals because we talked about the stretch goals that we saw earlier that went up to six million dollars. But um, as, as many of you all know, that there was a period where CIG had, addition, had additional stretch goals, and CIG did a survey of the community. Um, basically asking, you know, basically saying in so many words, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they've brought in a certain amount of money, and that amount of money help, will help them to maybe do more than they thought they could. And if the communities was behind it, they would continue to grow Star Citizen into a much bigger, bigger IP. Um, and so ultimately, they began these additional tiers, and those tiers ended up going up to as high as, if I'm not mistaken, $65 million. That's where it stopped. Um, the reason why I'm mentioning that and I'm mentioning this with feature creep is because this has been a topic that especially, especially from maybe 2016 through 2018, uh, there was a lot of conversation about feature creep. Uh, and even now it still comes up every once in a while. I'm going to give you an example of what might be a time where someone will say it. We may, for example, uh, I, I remember, I remember a good classic one when the Gatak Raylan came out, um, there were people who said, where did this come from? You know, we never heard of Gatak, and um, I've been waiting on my Banu Merchantman, or I've been waiting on my Idris, and it seems like they just keep making up stuff to bring in money. Um, you know, and, and uh, that, that's kind of how people often feel. But it's not just because it's something that they own, but even if it's just something that doesn't show up on the roadmap or on the progress tracker, um, there's a question about, you know, is this just stuff that they're making up to either make money, or is it because someone got some great idea at CIG, and decided to say, oh, uh, this do this. On Paul's show yesterday, uh, and I'm gonna let everybody else jump in after this, but Paul, I want you to comment first. I had made, we, you and I both talked about the, what happened with, um, was, was there a shift in CIG's roadmap, pardon, I'm gonna use that expression, when, once we got um, procedural planets in place. When the idea of being able to land anywhere on a planet, because many of you all remember that in the early days, that was gonna be something that CIG was going to come up with much, much later. Originally, you were gonna land at a landing zone. It was gonna be automated. You were just gonna ask for permission. The game was gonna land you through a, a, a cinematic motion. You would land. And then after that, you would get out of your ship. But see, well, I like midfield. Yeah, well, well, yes, yes, yes. And, and, <laughs> and that's okay. And that's okay though. That's okay within the context of that's what it was because that's what CIG was gonna do. But as you know, one of the developers at CIG on their own time decided to work on the idea and came back to CIG and said, hey, I think I've got something you may want to see, showed it to CIG, and that was the ability to go from space to a planet and land with no loading screens and be able to also land anywhere. That changed, obviously, to me. I would think that that changed the outlook or the roadmap of what CIG's possibilities were of what they could now possibly do. So Paul, let me get your thoughts on that. And then I'll take it around the room. Anybody got anything to talk about in relation to feature creep, stretch goals, any of that stuff. So um, a couple things to note. Uh, the, this happened, so, so there, there's some historical context to understand. Mm -hmm. um, around this time, 2015, Crytek was having a problem. Crytek was hemorrhaging money Yep. and they did not have the money to pay their employees. So in the early years or in the early year, uh, months of 2015, there has been a bunch of reports coming out that 
Crytek employees had not been paid for months. Oh. And as a result, many Crytek employees left Crytek mm -hmm. and were looking for jobs. And CIG had been constantly looking for people who were good with Crytek because CryEngine is a very different engine from other engines and they wanted to get some people who were good with them. That's why they did um, uh, the Next Grey Starship and stuff like that. So they opened up a new studio in Frankfurt specifically is to snatch up Crytek engineers who were already in Frankfurt. Mm -hmm. And this would eventually lead to the lawsuit with, uh, with Frankfurt. It's one of the reasons behind the lawsuit at the very least is what a lot of people believe. I'm not a legal expert. I don't know exactly <laughs> the reason why, but- Well, they, they could- Paul, what is the name of it when you try to uh, grab employees? They couldn't get them for that because they weren't paying their employees. So technically well, it, they could leave. Yeah, but but I mean, there was there there's, was, there's an expression for that when you poaching, take poaching, poaching, poaching. poaching. Yeah. They couldn't get well, CIG for that because they weren't paying their people. So that they, then they went on to the next thing. I, yeah, my, it wasn't really, my belief. It wasn't a legal thing. It was more of a, a mm -hmm. like a personal thing. Yeah, personal like, thing, like, yeah. it, it it soured the relationship between CIG and and mm -hmm. Crytek. Um, but the reality was is that several people who built the original CryEngine had uh been acquired by cig effectively mm -hmm. like they came on board cig they started to work for cig including brian chambers and um uh, uh, and john crew yep. who both worked on the original cry engine like they they were people who worked on the original version of like they if you, if you follow john crew's twitter he complains about how he was removed <laughs> from the the credits of the original of crytac mm -hmm. of cry of uh of cry engine. Uh, nope. crisis okay. is that grandpa's happy yeah. too he uh, wasn't, but he wasn't. I don't think he was at. Oh, he had already left. Was he a CryEngine? No, I don't think he was at, at CryTech, rather. I don't think he was at CryTech. Okay, maybe. Oh, I, thought he, I thought he was. Oh, okay, maybe he, he might, was. I, I think you're thinking Sean, Sean Tracy. Sean yeah, Tracy. Sean was well, I know, no, I know yeah. Sean Tracy was there too. They, they yeah. got him and the, and the other guy who does the animation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the, the thing was, was that in 2015, or I think it was 2014, at, I think, GDC, several people who now work on the Planet Tech team had experimented with procedurally generating a city from scratch using the CryEngine. Mm -hmm. And they presented it at GDC. Uh, there's a, I found a very low 480p version mm -hmm. of that video mm -hmm. that exists that shows it. It's very poor quality, but the idea was that it was completely rendered in-engine, in, in um, procedurally generated to make it like a realistic city. And Cry CryEngine at the time said, it's like, this is a cool technology. We're never going to use it. Go, <laughs> uh, you know, good, goodbye. And so those people getting hired by CIG turned to Brian Chambers and said, mm. we have this technology. We know it can be done. Can we rebuild it using the Star Citizen's version of the engine? And Brian Chambers said, go for it as a kind of an R&D project. Wow. Didn't tell Chris. <laughs> they just did it. And um, when they had a, after a couple of months of working on it, they showed off the, 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 um, the ver uh, like a kind of the, their own version of this mm -hmm. to Chris. And what they showed off was what, if you look it up, it's called Pupil the Planet. Right. And I believe that's effectively the pitch that they showed Chris. Mm -hmm. And Chris went, <laughs> we have to change now because mm -hmm. we, we have such a level of detail that we, so it's possible. We have to do full render. Uh, and that as a result, because up to this point, I don't think they'd even sold a, a ground vehicle. I mean, I think they may have sold, sold the Dragonfly, but I don't think they had. No. There was no, no, there was no, no ground so. vehicles. Mm -hmm. 
no ground vehicles were mentioned other than the 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 PTV, <laughs> but the PTV mm-hmm. was designed to get you through your hangers. hangers right. Uh, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. From from people to planet. Mm-hmm. And I'll put, I'll, I'll put the link in in chat. Uh, <laughs> and that required CIG to entirely invent new technology and invent new gameplay to function with this new planetary generation. And uh, that, in in my opinion, and in my experience, is one thing that CIG will never admit. Mm -hmm. That is effectively, they had to take everything they've done and they had to throw it in the garbage. Yep. Everything was thrown away. Mm -hmm. The whole game. Start from scratch. In 2015, mm-hmm. um, that was the combination and, of that. Was Paul? Correct me if I'm wrong. That was the combination of that and going from 32 bit to 64 bit. Is that was also part yeah. of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. There's. I think there was. That was part of the back end because the float. They wanted to go to from 32 to 64 bit to have larger maps. Mm-hmm. And then there was also yep. the mega map. Yep. Yep. Which allowed them to load up the entire map in the background for the for the maps yep. and. Um, but um, yeah, I think that was the really the big one because <laughs> it required a completely re- fundamental redesign of how the game works. Mm-hmm. Because up to this point, they were thinking Freelancer Two, and uh, yeah, you get out of your ship and walk around in space stations, but like a space station that could control small corridors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you talk about planets, it was completely different. So yeah, yeah, there, there was, it, and, and that is a big point because like, I think I think when we talk about uh, feature creep and stretch goals, that that was really the the biggest problem was that CIG went from having this idea of what they wanted to do, and then that idea completely changed when they had this new technology. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that the to to CIG's credit, they did say multiple times that they were willing to throw away everything they did or to to take new technologies mm-hmm. that came and start over if they needed to. They never officially said they did so right. because you don't say, hey, remember all that technology we've been building since 2012 that we've been talking about? Yeah. We're oh, going to take man. all that technology and we're going to throw it away and start from scratch. People would have lost, lost their, their minds. minds. Oh, Chicago oh, would have had a boner. They yeah. would have been writing yeah. it up. They would have had a field day. Yeah. 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 Let me, let me, they yeah. they yeah. fucked up. The Unreal Engine. Yeah, let me go to GoMob. GoMob real quick. Uh, you know, GoMob is one of our software people in our show, guys. In case you don't know it, he has a great background and education in it. Um, GoMob, what what do you see the implications of? Because because there was there was an interview last year that the folks over at InfoRunners did with Sandy Sandy Roberts, Sandy Gardner, and they asked her about this thing of feature creep. People saying, hey, you know, people keep saying, is there feature creep? Has there been feature creep? And Sandy said, as far as I know, and this was speaking within her context, she's over marketing now, she's not a developer, but she did say that after 2015, that things are pretty much where they were from 2015. I'm not saying there weren't any tweaks. I'm not saying that there were, we're talking about feature creep. We're talking about things that dramatically come into the game that like Paul was just mentioning in relation to um, the pupil to planet aspect where now you could land and fly anywhere on a planet. We're talking about stuff that's of that level. Go mad because you know about this, and I opened up earlier talking about how sometimes we want to know more, but we can't, you know, there's so much stuff that even in your field, there's only so much stuff that you put out into the public. Is that correct? And I mean, I know the public wants to know more, but give me your thoughts about this whole idea of the, you know, wanting to know more because we want to talk about the education of the masses next. 
First of all, I want to clarify for the masses. I am not a software developer. A, yeah. I have, I have, I have uh, extensive uh, experience working for Network. very large software companies, uh, and different. So I just want to make sure that I, uh, everybody knows I'm not a. He's developer. not a dev. He's not a dev. <laughs> you know, those are only those titles are special. This is true. Mm. Just like uh, fast card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like fast card. Special. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, damn, what was the question? <laughs> no, all right. So here's the deal, right? Uh, CIG has always been uh, accused of feature creep, like you know, and and, and saying that don't don't say anything. Like, hey, you know, if you say something out loud. Chris Roberts may get wind of it, like it, and tack on another 18 years to the development of this project, trying to figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that's not 100% honest. We say that tongue in cheek mm-hmm. for those who are actually have two brain cells that are, you know, strong enough to get along enough to form a thought pattern. Um, we know that that's not how it works, mm-hmm. right? You know, Sandy is kind of right because they, yeah, they, they've 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 laid out. The, the capabilities, the things that they want to do. They want, you know, mining, salvage, cargo, freight, you know, multiple systems. They've laid out the framework of it. Mm-hmm. And what they, and they've been fairly honest with us about saying, we're, we haven't figured out how to do those other things yet, right? They haven't mm-hmm. figured out how to do server meshing. They think they figured it out. Mm-hmm. They're working on it. They're progressing on it, but they just, they haven't all the way figured it out or they may at this point they may have, and they're just in the process of testing it so that they can figure out how to graft it onto the current state of the game mm-hmm. and, and, and begin to in, uh, rolling it out. So no, I don't think they have a feature creep per se. And that's the challenge of the, the level of transparency that they have right now. Like, again, like I said earlier, right? Mm-hmm. The, the level of entitlement from a lot of this community is like, hey, look, I need to not only know everything you're doing, every discussion that's being had, every decision that's being made, mm-hmm. I also need to know every thought that you have about it. And even then, they're, they're not gonna, they're, they won't be happy about it. I mean, CIG releases things that they, and they, they, they do a pretty good job of couching. I hate when they release dates, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I will I will set them on fire every time they release a date about something and say, oh yeah, we're releasing this by the end of next quarter. Stop doing that because you've never missed, you've never made a date in the history of your company. Mm-hmm. So stop putting out dates. But I don't think it's feature creep. I think it's, I think it's uh, more, they're just trying to figure it out. And they don't know what they don't know until they start trying to figure it out. And they say, oh, crap, we thought, we thought, you know, uh, PES was going to be something easy right. or server messing was going to be something easy that was going to okay. knock it out in five or six months. It's actually taken us two to three years. Yeah. Socks was a good example of that. You know, it started out with mm-hmm. that, and they progressed from socks to what was the other thing between socks and PES? iCash. You know, right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, that had to get thrown away. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that happens and, in development. And I, I want to say real quickly, the info on this um, interview with Sandy, Sandy Roberts, I think I had a, a, a real good point that she made that until they were making a company until 2015, basically. So mm-hmm. I think that's an important point. Yeah, and I know we've talked about that before, Fast Cart, that that's kind of like the barometer clock that we've used as to when CIG became because 
some of you got, we didn't go through all the history here, but there's stuff about other companies, contractors, Ilphonic, other companies that worked Ilphonic. under CIG in the past. Moonslider. Uh, Moonslider, right. And, and, and so, um, we kind of look at it. There's a certain time frame that we think that's when things really started to rolling. And from our clock, at least the one we look at, we see it more as an eight year thing, a seven to eight year period where other people go back to Kickstarter and say, well, it's been since 2012. And that's, and that's not the reality. 2012 was not when things really went into, into motion. I mean, you, you don't get the people I get because I get people who come in saying that CIG was developing Star Citizen in 2009 because Chris <laughs> Roberts said that he was working on a prototype type in 2009. By himself, like, yes. By himself. <laughs> that's when development started. And at a certain point, I'm like, did oh development start when God. Chris Roberts became a sperm and the uh, <laughs> sper dad sperm hit the, the ovum? Oh, we're, we're going back to the 1970s? Wow. Is that how long Star Citizen has been development? Wow. But, you know. Yeah, we hadn't had anybody go that far back on us. Wow. In the, in the South here, I'm in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So in the South, what we do is to them people, we pat them on the head and say, my sweet summer child. <laughs> God bless you. Okay. God bless you, my sweet summer my child. Sweet summer child. My sweet summer child. <laughs> that, that's just a great oh, right there. <laughs> no, don't forget, don't forget. Bless your heart. Yeah, bless, bless your heart. Bless yeah. your heart. Okay. Don't, you, don't you say that to me. Don't you? I, I'm also in the South. Uh, the South <laughs> you, you do not say that slur at me. You don't say, say that slur down here. That is fighting words. That is, I, you see people die for saying that in, in, in the South. Bless your heart. All right, all right I'm just making bless an example. I'm just making an example. Yeah, bless his little heart. Mm -hmm. um, okay, <laughs> we're, we're at this point now talking about educating the masses. And I think that there has been a need for education as a reality. Um, I know that I have been guilty of being a, what we call a backseat developer, thinking that my little bit of computer experience was enough for me to tell CIG how things are supposed to go. And over the years, I've realized that I needed to learn a lot. And one of the things I needed to learn was this phrase called pre-alpha. Um, I thought I knew what it meant. And I had to go back and look at what beta meant and what alpha meant. And then of course, pre-alpha. Now pre-alpha, it's funny in the in the, in the uh, industry, that these, in, these definitions can be tweaked a little bit to fit the needs of the particular company. So it's not, this is not necessarily written in stone, but this is a good generalized version of what it means. And when Star Citizen came out, we would often see pre-alpha. And most of us were familiar with beta. We were familiar with, Paul mentioned this earlier, that early access independent games. We kind of knew about early access and beta, but this was different. Uh, pre-alpha is a standard term to denote a number of interim milestones between prototyping and alpha each of which includes new functionality and or game content. Pre-alphas pre -alpha, often mandate incremented improvements on a number of parallel areas in the project, but rarely expect any one of those areas to be complete. That last line is the line that I wonder if that's the one that we wrestle with as backers. Um, rarely expect that any one of those areas will be complete. Um, and there's quite often, uh, we as a community often say, when are they going to finish something? Why isn't this done? Um, and in, in a pre-alpha state, it, it basically, in this general definition, uh, it may, it's not going to be, it may not be, it probably won't be. Uh, now CIG doesn't say pre-alpha now. Uh, I think nowadays they say alpha. That's where they yeah, moved I want to say 2018, that's when they changed. Yeah, they went to, right. But again, I'm going from beginnings till, you know, because I want people who maybe didn't know that, because right now it's still called alpha, but I wanted people to know that there was this period of, of pre-alpha. And, and I think that there were expectations, even every though, even though we heard this term, 
a lot of us didn't really get. We really didn't understand that this level of gameplay is normally never, it matter of fact, not normally, it's never shown to the outside public. This is all internal stuff. And much of what we may have been railing against and pushing back against and angry about was stuff that technically we would have never seen. So it's kind of a, a bitter horse pill with this. You know, we, we do want the transparency. We do want to know how things are going and the progress. But at the same time, that horse pill is really difficult to swallow when we want to be able to apply those things that we see and we can't, you know, out of frustration or bugs or glitches or whatever it may be, or just the fact that those aspects of the game are not yet complete. Um, Gio, when you came in and you started playing, did you deal with any frustrations in the sense of the, I mean, I know everybody does, right? Everybody gets those days where they get bad. You even told me you got a point where you got burnt out. You know, how did you, mm. how did you address that? I mean, was it just stepping back from it? Um, did you just go with the flow? How did you deal with that? Uh, well, I knew coming in, it was going to be hella bugs being an alpha. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I came in with that mindset, like it's going to be bugs, live mark. Some of them are like really silly. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're, they, they were doing things what made me take a step back where you want to add these events and put rare items in there and the game's just not ready for that. Mm -hmm. You don't have server meshing and nobody wants to sit here and deal with a broken game with 30 K's mm -hmm. trying to earn something. Um, cause that's just going to piss you off. Like it's like two weeks. You got to try to earn it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the servers and stuff is, is, is not working the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, the core tech is not in there. Like I'm down for that type of stuff when it's ready mm -hmm. and we can do that, but it just comes frustrating when you're trying to win that rear stuff. Like in my case, the Van Duel mask, which made <laughs> me take a break almost. I'll be going on four years. I haven't played star six since, <laughs> since let me see. Yeah. It'd be probably October, almost around sitcom. I haven't played star mm -hmm. says not one bit. So mm -hmm. like all this saltiness and stuff I see, I, you know, that's why I took a step back because mm -hmm. I'm like, you, you're sitting there whining, do what I did. Step back, take a chill pill. But some of these dudes can't do that because they didn't mess up their money. Cause they was like, if I stop playing Star Citizen, ain't no one going to watch me. Cause I'm too boring to play any other game to keep an audience. <laughs> so I didn't want to be that wow. guy. I didn't want to be the, I didn't want to be the, uh, guy right. who just pisses and oh gets, God. you know, pisses on Star Citizen all the time and getting mad. I didn't want to do that because gotcha. I love this game so much, mm -hmm. but there became a point where I'm like, you know, I just, you step back. I can't do it. You just step back. That makes sense. Yeah. Step back. But you got to know what you're getting into. You have to watch the, the streamers. You have to watch the YouTube videos. Just don't say, hey, I'm going to buy an uh, Explorer pack and mm -hmm. I'm spending all this money and I want to do everything. I want to be, uh, you know, uh, Top Gun, Tom Cruise and every ship I buy in the pack. Yeah. Figure out what you're doing. Watch ahead of time. There's, there's like so many years but, of content. But let me ask watch. you this. That's difficult though, because, and and, and let me go to fast card. Is it though? Paul. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. We, we've, we've, we've gone through the journey together, right? In fact, I'm going to go to this next slide to, to emphasize my point here. We have been through this journey here and in, in real time. And there are a lot of people who have not seen a quarter of this. So to sit through Chris Roberts' 10 for the chairman, for example, you know what I mean? And, and, I did and to that hear, though. Yeah, but you were there. Like, I went back. But you, yeah, but you, Geo, you still, Geo, Geo. How many years you go back though? You go back till when? So Twenty what? Fifteen? No, no. Twenty sixteen. I, I, I started watching in twenty thirteen. I I didn't buy a package until twenty. Yeah, but I'm, but but my point is, you've been a part of the journey. I'm talking about people who may have uh -huh. just came in in 2019, 2020. I still had to go back and look at some wingman I did and too. some other yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you're talking about Geo. Geo, let's let me let me put it, let me put it into the perspective. 
there there has been something like a million backers of Star Citizen in the last three years alone. So like they they jumped like one to like ha- between half and half a million and or ha- half a million and a million backers in the last three years. So it almost doubled in size the last three years. So a lot of people legitimately don't know a lot of this stuff. Put it put it a different way. Did they went from getting like two hundred new accounts a day to getting fifteen hundred new accounts a day, and that's still gone? Yeah, but it, I, I get it. It's a lot of content to take in, but why do you have to throw your wallet at the screen to get pissy when something doesn't come out? Well, research it. Same thing with it, NFT it, and some of these cryptos. But, they have these things called white papers, and you read it. But that's because you that, research. But that's, but that's your, you don't buy and get pissy later on. Like, hey, man, someone said this earlier. Someone said this earlier. Some people said earlier gamers don't like to read. <laughs> You're one of those people who does the research. I'm one of them. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. But 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 my point is. And I, I, I don't get me wrong. You're right. The information is out there. But the what my point was that this information has grown exponentially now. And and there's there's the old information. There's the old information is out of date. Trying to sort through that stuff. Trying to remember what was current, what got changed, what got dropped. Like we were talking about 32 bit earlier. Some folks don't even know what we're we talking about. There's a whole lot of information. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, and even and even if you know what you're, what you're talking about, if you go try to search for that in YouTube, you have like uh, ten different links, and you're not sure which which, which one is, is the link you you, want, you really want to go to, or which one is more relevant to the topic that, that you want that you want to learn about. <laughs> Mad style gamers are like hell with the reading. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, that would be a lot of reading. Yeah, it, it is. It is a lot of reading. I mean, it's a lot um, of information. But Griffey, you know, you're one of the people like me that you knew early on when you backed this game. Yeah. You knew it was going to be. It was going to take a long. I said time. that about. I said that about Star Citizen, about the Princess of the Universe Squadron Forty Two. I've always kind of fluctuated with because I wasn't sure, but I definitely yeah. said that the persistent because we played because we played even other stuff. I was like, ah, that's going to take me at least ten years to do that sucker. That that was and how we I weren't no, you know, we're not no super heavy, you know, game devs or know anything. Mm-hmm. About, I, I don't know anything about game, but I know like some of the best games, like most Rockstar games, mm-hmm. take ten plus years. Uh, same thing with uh, Cyberpunk. That took like ten years, even though we know how that came out. And they're a, a veteran team. And drama. So, yeah. And drama. Yeah. That's another veteran team. So you got these veteran teams that that are even messing up, and then somehow people expect CIG to be the holy grail. You know, they started off with all these, the 500 million and the thousand employees. Like it wasn't that it was, it was, you know, stepping stones. They, they, right. They've been taking their time. They had to regut their game, put everything back in. We had to get some of the engineers from, from Crytek and, and devs. You know, we got, that was a blessing to get that. Cause people were saying, oh, we should have the unreal engine. But if you ask me, that's the next best, best thing to get the people from the Crytek engine mm-hmm. in your company and start f- filling this thing out. Yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, other, just as good as having Unreal Engine to me, if you ask me. You're right. And the reason why we're talking about this educating the masses piece is because CIG has made that effort to get us educated. A lot of times people may say, oh, there's not enough information, blah, blah, blah. But there are literally thousands of hours of information. There are newsletters. There is the website. <laughs> there's tons of info that comes out in you, relation Paul. to I this. See you. Um, go ahead, Paul. What you thinking, Paul? What you got? You're muted, buddy. You're muted. Is he? No, he's just not yeah. talking. I, no, I was, I was talking. I was just pointing at the list that you had up there. I'm just oh. I'm pointing that list, like, like just as an example. And uh, you didn't, you also didn't add the monthly reports on there oh. or the, uh, yeah. the, 
or the or the progress reports or yeah. the the progress tracker or the progress the progress tracker updates or yeah whatever. from the chairman yeah yeah but go map yeah i i just went with all the video stuff that's out there you're right I'm, well it was, three, yeah. it was three in the morning but yeah you're absolutely right there's way more stuff that I, that gives us information but again it also can be overwhelming there is a lot of information but my point here is to say that see the reality is that cig has put out a tremendous amount of information to the community for us to digest we have to, but to Geo's point, we also have to be willing to put the effort in to digest it. You know, it's a difficult thing when people say, and I understand some people may say, I like ISC, but I can't, I don't like watching, you know, SCL, you know, because it's all technical talk. Well, that's true. And I get it. Some people don't want to hear that. They really want to. And that's why they created the two shows the way they are. One is that show that's the digestible, quick bite size. You get some really great stuff. And if for those people who are the gearheads who want to go deep into the whole thing, the next day they get to spend an hour doing that. And, and, and they understand that dynamic, but either way it goes, there's plenty of information out there for the community to know where the, where the project is going. Okay. It's um, an open book test and you got the study guide to look up, to make an informed decision <laughs> that you want to buy a ship. That's all I'm saying. There's more, this game got more than enough information than any other game to figure out like, you know what? I think I'm going to step back favorite. and hold off. Yeah. Or I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna buy it. Like, yeah. that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that is my favorite. Map. My, my, my favorite, my favorite quote, which is, "This is an open book test that you failed." Yeah. <laughs> hey, go. go map, go map. Have you trying to talk for five minutes, y'all? Well, he's, I was in there, you know, he's sitting there eating. I couldn't tell if he was trying to talk or if he was eating. I didn't know. Go ahead, go oh, mom, get in. Jump in. I have my hand up. I'm sorry. I'm reading chat. Hey, I'm reading chat. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. All right, three things. All right. First of all, yeah, it's a lot, but the biggest asset that this project have is its community, right? Mm -hmm. um, you got folks like Dick Dad. I see you in the comments. What's up, brother? Um, <laughs> you know, did. making videos, uh, like you know, with the with the, with the patches that come out. You know, guides like, mm -hmm. hey, you, mm -hmm. you're thinking about this? Check this out first. Let me walk you through some of the highlights. You got folks like our our, our, our esteemed guest here, Mr. Paul Shelley. Mm -hmm. Check him out a little bit, right? Just yep. you know, he'll he'll tell you about what you need to know, mm -hmm. right? So it's it's while there is a lot of like. There's an encyclopedia set worth of information. There's ways to consume it relatively uh, uh, quickly. Secondly, um, free flies. As much as us, mm. us seasoned backers hate them, mm. right? They 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 serve a, a an important purchase, purpose here, right? Mm -hmm. To let folks come in and 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 participate in this um shit show that we love so much for free before they put down any money if you don't i mean and, and they happen so often that there's no reason to jump in before experiencing one they mm. happen all the time yeah. at least two to three times a quarter we didn't have those back then we didn't they're happening all the time now so if you came in and you dropped bread and you didn't do the free fly and you didn't watch paul's videos and you didn't watch dick that's videos hey look man hey i'm gonna play the smallest violin for you then i'm gonna swallow that bad boy because i don't give a shit mm -hmm. um you ain't lying. the third one let's normalize not 
telling, not calling when devs are trying to do something that's never been done before and they miss mm. the market or they, they, they don't, they don't get it right. Or mm. they, 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 they try and it's, it's a scientific thing. Mm. Let's normalize not calling that messing up or mm -hmm. fucking up or lying. Mm -hmm. Let's normalize saying, hey, you guys, they're developing in real time. You have no idea how many lines of code get written <laughs> and deleted mm -hmm. every day because it just does not work. Mm -hmm. So as the, as 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 the pinnacle of the community here, let's let's normalize not putting a negative connotation on yeah. the work that they're doing because yeah, it, it is really it's kind of spectacular what they've been able to do so far. And it is no, anytime you're trying to do something that's never been done before, it's going to take longer than mm -hmm. anything's ever taken before. Yeah. 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 I, that would work yeah, the way Thank you. Yeah. I know that that has come up before <laughs> prisoner where people have talked about mismanagement and it's unfortunate that that even comes up um, because there's nobody mm -hmm. who's ever left from the company who's talked about mismanagement as far as I know of. Um, and every company, Every evolving company, no company gets it right on every step. Uh, companies have their faux mm -hmm. pas. They, 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 they make a call. It's a bad call. They have to regroup. Sometimes they have to start up. Sometimes they, there's a lot of things that companies will do. If you've ever owned a business, some of you have owned businesses. I've owned a business. Um, sometimes you're successful, but you don't get every call right. And quite often, uh, we do want CIG to get every call right. And we don't give grace to the possibility that, as, as uh, Gomob said, they are trying to develop. Now, we're going to talk about CitizenCon things that we're running over already, but I do want to talk about the fact that it's always very easy to come up with solutions when you're on the outside of something. But when you get closer to the inside of it, you start to find out what the realities are. And for most of the people I've talked, and I'm sure Paul has too, there are plenty of people that will tell you who work in the software industry and the gaming industry, they may feel very differently about CIG's approach, maybe the way they're doing it or their approach to it. But very rarely have I ever heard anyone that I know who's into software who says they're doing it wrong. They, oh. may, they, may, they may challenge some of the decisions they make, but doing it wrong is another story. And one of the reasons why they say that, as I said, even with their experience and knowledge, they can't see completely behind the curtain. They, can, they, they don't know all the information to even come to a conclusion as to whether, as you mentioned, GoMab, they've effed up or whether there's mismanagement or any of that stuff, right? Uh, I went well, before- Well, how much, how much of that falls on how much you know CIG hired those third party companies at in the beginning when they didn't have money to add on. So a lot of that, you know, people say mismanagement. Maybe they could have vetted those third party companies like Ilphonic. Um, you know, we heard mess ups before, like they put like a million polys on the constellation door. But like mess ups like that. The these, these, reason, those guys only reason, made like the, portable games. The reason why I wouldn't say it's a mess up is because it was still about development, right? There was nothing written in stone. Everybody was trying to create something that did not exist. But let's finish. What was also the fastest way to scale up and get people to work? How the, the hiring process of trying to hire people individually versus hiring in a company to do. And remember, Ilphonic and them did produce an actual FPS module. We watched it. We saw it. The problem was they had conflicts between the metrics and some other things that they had done. And ultimately, CIG did do what you said. They ended up in grafting in and bringing in and bringing it all under their umbrella, just like they just did now with Turbulent. So my point is, is that that may have been a bad call. All I'm saying is give room that businesses can sometimes make a bad call. That's all I'm saying. You can vet all you want and still make a bad decision. You can have everybody in the room at the table and still make a bad call. 
you know, it's not like in house though, too, as well. Because I, like I said, I work at a company that's mm-hmm. been known for over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and they still mismanage, <laughs> still hire the wrong third party people, mm-hmm. and these is well established companies. So yeah. this stuff happens all the time. But you exactly. have less control when it's not under your umbrella, when it's not your company, when you hire someone out. Like, hey, I'm giving you X amount of money mm-hmm. to do this. And they still mess up because they got different supervisors, different managers. Well, look, they answer look, look to. They happened, answer. Look to at what you. happened. With, with, thing is, on the same flip side, look at what's been going on with Turbulent. Mm-hmm. That has been an amazing partnership to the point where they just uh. went ahead and brought them in. Oh, right, mm-hmm. they're the best oh. one, hands down. Right. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like, it's always easy to stand back on the sideline and point like, how you messed up. Mm-hmm. Or it's always easy to look backwards and say, hindsight is twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You messed up. Thing is, when you're doing something, you you have to make the best choice based upon the information that, that you, you have at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, if if they lived under this under this, you know, Ricky Bobby philosophy, if you first, you you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if you don't make the perfect decision at every stage, that you get your head whapped. My God, they wouldn't like these folks wouldn't be doing nothing. Yeah, they, we wouldn't have what we have now. Let's just normalize giving them some grace and some space, sometimes, and then and the benefit of the doubt, and and not and not coming over the top with the negative bullshit that they got to deal with with the rest of the plebes out here that we that they we, let's be the example here yeah let's be the example and again that's why i'm coming I, I from a business model standpoint go ahead fast card i want to get going because our time's right. running go ahead i know I'll just, I, i'm gonna say this real quick before i move on but i just want to say this game will be out by now if they had a publisher that's all i'm gonna say broken as all hell yeah, yeah we'd yeah, we exactly. be, we be playing something else right now go ahead paul I'm going to add one more, one more quick thing, just because it's sure. important to, to keep into context with this, is that with this discussion, is that development of video games is something that uh, Disco Lando says a lot, mm-hmm. and it's, it bears repeating, that it's called game development, not game construction. That's right. Amen. Um, because th- that's not how software makes is made. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you can have a pretty simple software, banking software, spreadsheet software, something that's been done before. You can... You know what you're doing. It's not too difficult to, to, to recreate some of those ideas, bang. But when, when it comes to video games, uh, there is uh, countless. There's, uh, I can think of like five or six examples on top of my head of mm. games that have developed in weird starting positions. In some cases, completely different genres and different like, like, like uh, 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 yeah, just, just different games. Uh, Halo started as an RTS. And then went to a third-person shooter, then a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Horizon um, Zero Dawn was going to have uh, guns in it originally. Like they were, they pulled guns from I think Resistance that they were using, or, mm-hmm. or um, uh, well, not Resistance. It was uh, uh, it was one with the hell gas. I can't remember the Killzone. It's the same developers who did Killzone. They just pulled, put Killzone guns in there to kind of test around with these ideas. Mm-hmm. So like games will often have completely different aspects when they start and often they throw away ideas throw away whole chunks of, the, of a game so that they can develop what they need to and while a lot of people would say that's waste of resources or that's mismanagement that's how games are developed yeah. because at the end of the day the, it's it, what what you get is people who are working there learned what not to do <laughs> And sometimes mm-hmm. learning how to do make something is learning how to not make it first so that you can learn how to make right. it and just how it works good point so good point which about right. Paul leads us into the next point here because we were just talking about making the mistakes. It was a period where there was a, we, what I titled today for falling from grace. Um, these areas, if you were around back then, you might remember where the conflicts came here. Uh, 
Some of you might be wondering about the RSI doors, if you remember this particular oh. subject. Um, <laughs> Paul's looking Paul like <laughs> Okay. Um, believe it or not, guys, uh, in the LA office, uh, CIG has these doors. And some of you have seen them in their videos over the years. Uh, but when these doors were put in, it became a huge issue. Um, people were saying, because what it is, it's a security door, right? You go up to it, you take your ID, you show it on a little mark and the doors electronically open, kind of like turbo lift doors, right? Uh, and and one, of the, one of the things that came out of some people's mouths was, oh my God, how much did our backer money they spend to build those, to put those doors in? And those, the door numbers range from, I saw everything from 30,000 to $100,000 back then. Yeah. Uh, there I've was some yeah. magazine articles about it. And, oh, this is how much it cost. My my car corporation has doors like this, and it cost them $75,000 to put these in, and blah, blah, where'd the money come from? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, does any, any of you guys remember this? I do. I do, <laughs> I too, do. yeah. Okay. I remember they got exposed bad. Let, okay. Let me, let, let me, let me uh, explain something, because I've actually seen these doors, and I think most yep. of us have seen these doors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, can I tell you how cheap these they doors are? are? They are. Go ahead. They are go not security doors. Go ahead and read it. It's right there. Go ahead and read it. It's right there. I could kick those doors open with like a just slight nudge. Yep. It's entirely cosmetic. It sure is. Um, yep. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's, and I think, I believe it was installed by a couple of devs who yep. were doing it in their free time. Yep. Because they wanted it to be cool. There's just an entire, there's a great mural that they did mm -hmm. and uh, they did it they did it over their free time it was the artists so it's like the the, the big artists who've been doing all of the ships and all of the concept art they got together and painted this huge mural of star citizen art and they did it over like one day mm -hmm. and it's like you know and 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 let me be, be quite clear anybody here who has an artist friend or is an artist no, can tell you they're insane they'll do that <laughs> They'll yep. be like, this is going to be cool. Yep, We're going to spend a night drinking beers and painting an entire wall yep. because it's fun. Exactly. Like <laughs> not being paid for it either. It's just because they want to. So this, yeah. this, this letter on the screen was somebody who actually wrote in. They wrote into tech support asking about those doors and how where the money was being spent. And the person responded back and said, hey, we don't we're not privy to give out financial information. But then at the bottom of it says from a fellow backer to another. It's simply some wood with a garage door opener painted by the team. So you can rest assured that it was done in the most economical way. I didn't know they had the receipts with it too. Yeah. And so, you know, just to get you to understand that sometimes the, the, the reality of what was going on versus what people believed. And unfortunately this got generated by the community too. A lot of the stink for this. It wasn't people from okay. the outside. Um, but the reality of it was, was that CIG, Put it in, and it's funny because if you go to any type of corporate office, I mean, you guys, many of you guys watched the video for Starfield and they went around Bethesda's office. Oh my God, multi-million dollar facility. Um, place is gorgeous, right? And uh, people got upset about these wooden doors that the staff put together because they were done very well and they looked very professional. But the assumption was that backer money was being spent on those doors. And uh, ultimately that wasn't the case. Um, oh my God, a bunch of talented uh, designers know how to, how to yeah, make some, a door. Some artists, right? They know how to make a door, right? Talented okay. artists and, and designers who make really good 3D models know, know also how to use a, a router and, and a, uh, you know, like a, a saw and, and some paint. <laughs> Play it ain't so, Paul. Play yeah. it ain't so. Well, so, don't we hear that now with the, the UK, the new UK office? People complain, well, they didn't need all this. Why they have all this? Like, first, it's like, 
they do shows on there. People want a cool work environment. And then, you know, people do office tours too. So they were probably thinking ahead with all this stuff. Like, hey, look at this cool tour. Look at the environment. You get immersed in here. But people still complain about the new UK well, studio. The other thing that people forget is that there are still people that CIG is, is responsible to. And I'm talking about investors. There are other people who have their hand in here who also have a voice. So it's not like, you know, Chris and Aaron just decide to up and do something. There's accountability levels, not just to the community, but even greater to those who are, there are other people there. And making a move such as that particular facility was not something that was done rashly. I guarantee you that. I know it was questionable. People felt kind of funny about it. It was around COVID, blah, 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 blah. But they have some very smart people working for them. And I guarantee you, they knew exactly what they were doing with the timing of where they went. In fact, and, the timing might have been impeccable because of COVID. It may have actually right. been impeccable during COVID, which a lot of us may not have thought. And look at now, they went from 700 or 800 staff. Now they're at 1,100 people already. And it plays C a comedy. CIG can't keep getting mm -hmm. away with this. CIG can't keep getting away with this. They constantly right. manage to like fall backwards into success. Like <laughs> it just so happened that 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 Crytek wasn't paying its employees, and now right. they got a, a bunch of people like that. It just so happened there was a worldwide pandemic, so just really really cheap to build and and get mm -hmm. access to to facilities no one was using. Like you can't you can't keep getting away with this, Chris. And you can't still keep you making know. a profit at the same time. That's the other thing, right? And most most first point, I, I just want to um, emphasize: developers are people too. And I think little projects like that really work to help to humanize them. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, hey, go ahead. Go ahead project. project. Uh, that's project project, and also uh, Darge because. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be super overt about this because I'm under NDA mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I will say that a group of people that I do consulting with um, has had has had access to um, the Star Citizen, the new offices in Manchester. And mm -hmm. Darge does point out uh, that there is a. He'd heard from current employees who decided to take the job instantly when they walked into the new studio, and mm -hmm. it's not when it wasn't even done yet. Mm -hmm. Very so, cool. Very cool. Hiring piece you know, easily. Very cool. It is. If if you're going to be working, you know, eight to sixteen hour days, depending mm -hmm. on your your job, and sometimes coming in at odd hours, it helps to have a pleasant environment to work in. <laughs> especially in that, in that, especially in that field. Especially in that field. Let me let me go on to this. Like this thing. Starfield. Yeah, I mean, uh, Bethesda. Their yeah. studio looked awesome. It that's is. Like, that's, that. mm -hmm. People come in do tours. Like, oh yeah, I want to do a job here. Mm -hmm. Let me throw yeah, this at Microsoft you guys. Office in Atlanta is, a, is one of the biggest draws for recruitment. Mm -hmm. People see our office down here and it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I can believe it. I can believe it. Let me hit this real quick. We talked about the things that happened externally that CIG has done that they got blamed for. Well, here's one that they probably will accept. And Paul, I'm going to let you talk about this because you've got something that's going to be coming up that we want people to know about. And we hope you guys mm. will check this out with Paul. But we're going to show you an excerpt it's just an excerpt. It's just a few scenes, not a lot, from the what CIG used to do. These things called the holiday, the holiday special, and uh, they do it. They did it in December, and in 2016 they did the ultimate <laughs> holiday special, and uh, this is where you would see where production levels with uh, CIG were not where they are now. Let's just put it that way. So I'm gonna let you guys take a look at this, and then Paul can talk about it. Which one? It looks so Sri Lanka. Which one on blankets? These. Oh. Well, just, uh... 
Hi, and welcome to Star Citizen's so holiday live stream. It's so uh, to tell us more, here is technical director Sean uh, Tracy. I should do another one of these for the memes. <laughs> Along the way, so let's take a look at some of it. Tracy's doing his fucking hair. No bite. No bite. That's good. Well, allowing people to create footage like this was part of the reason why we pushed so hard to get the new camera system into 2.6. Oh, why don't you elaborate a little bit on what we just saw there and let people know what they can look forward to uh, this week. So, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, George <laughs> Lucas decided to have the worst idea of known, known to mankind, which is known as the uh, Star Wars Holiday Special. And ever since, no red-blooded uh, Star uh, Wars fan has ever let him or the, 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 the franchise live it down. It is a collective facepalm that we must always hold aloft for everyone to see, because even even the the mightiest must have have uh, have their their share of L's in any in any situation to humble the <laughs> the rest of us. Um, and uh, yeah, so for those who don't know, there used to be a tradition every single year where CIG would put on a uh, a winter Christmas holiday special where they would do a live stream. It started off as a very informal thing, and they just kind of sat up there and they talked a little bit about some, you know, maybe showed off some stuff, usually with Squad 42. One year they actually had an interview with John Rice davies uh, for, for for that, and it was one of them, they actually had a 2016, 2016 live, uh, 20, 2016, but it was, uh, 2016 was a big one, where they had a bunch of, they had a bunch of, it was a big, it's uh, like kind of spectacle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was a disaster. It was an utter disaster. Uh, like least. they didn't quite know exactly how to uh, like like there was there was hot miking. There was cuts to like there's a famous cut of of Sandy looking absolutely furious off the screen with a green screen just behind her. Mm-hmm. Just um, there's a great point where like they they cut to I believe. Um, so they said something to the effect of like, we're going to talk about our MVP for the, uh, for, for, you know, and, and so they cut to, to Jared and, um, and Tyler and they, they just picked it up and ran with it. They were like, we, this is entirely off script. We have no idea what we're doing. And they just made it up on the spot, an MVP that they could, they could do. And it was like, like, it's, it's a fantastic thing. And it was so bad. Everyone so lampooned it so much that it stopped the tradition. Mm-hmm. There has never been a holiday live stream by CIG since. Mm-hmm. There probably never will be a holiday <laughs> live stream again. And this is one of, I think, two or three videos that they removed from the official YouTube. Mm-hmm. It does not exist anymore. It, it, you can only find it on fan uploads yep. because they refuse to be, uh, uh, like... <laughs> They want to pretend it doesn't exist. So on Tuesday, I'm going to start a tradition in July where we're going to sit down and you're all going to be welcome to join us. And we're going to watch the entire thing live. And I'm going to get as much alcohol as I can to, pre- <laughs> to, to prepare myself for it. Um, and uh, you have a time I, I yet? May, you have time yet for it? Uh, yeah, it's going to be at um, noon 
Oh, you, you said you couldn't do noon. Right? No, 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 don't let's, worry about me. Go. Just put your time out there. Put your time. One, out. one p.m. Eastern. One p.m. Eastern on on Tuesday. Okay. Because it's going to be because it's Christmas in July, 20, July twenty fifth. So yep. that's that'll be, be a special uh, example of that. So very nice. Uh, and and this will be on the Active Hub on Twitter, on Twitch, or on, on YouTube, or both. Uh, on Twitch and YouTube. On Twitch and YouTube. Twitch and YouTube. So I put all. Yes, all well, that I'm in, glad you put it on YouTube because I can't watch you live and I'll be watching you at work all the time. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be it'll be pre recorded so you all can can watch the the. the debauchery as it un unfolds yeah. so my man uh, so this within this time frame we've had a couple things happen we had this big thing come up with the rsi doors we had citizen con 2016 where the we thought the vertical slice was going to come out and it didn't the sandworm came out and then we had the holiday special the pivoting point now becomes 2017 so i'm going to show you guys this next video um some of you all will remember there was a the, the first vertical slice that we actually got from squadron 42 was called the moral tour and we, we saw the moral tour when we first saw it, and, I went, and we're going to show it to you. It's, it's only a few, like about a minute worth of footage here, maybe a minute. Um, but when you see it, I want you to know that when we saw this, we thought it was great. Sure, it was buggy, but we actually thought it was like so, so cool. And then in 2017, we see another vertical slice uh, that's done for Squadron 42. And I want you to see the difference in the production value within one year. And this started to begin to change the channel a little bit about development and where CIG was going. So let's look at the Marl tour first. Okay, we're gonna do that one and then we're gonna do the vertical slice. This is you. Oh, hey, you must be the new pilot. Geez, you really got your jammed in here, huh? Welcome to the Stanton. I'm Eugene Morrow, Morrow Chief Engineer. What's the number on that one? Y'all are gonna love Morrow, by the way. <laughs> this one's ID 523R6. Okay, got it. Excuse me, sir. Seriously, Morrow? I'll tell you when we find your converters. You, Lieutenant Commander Kelly wants you to report to the briefing room. Jeez, Webb. That's how you welcome someone aboard. You're not even going to introduce yourself. I'm Petty Officer Webster, Chief Mechanic. You should go to the briefing room. You're hopeless, Webb. I'm Web. busy. I'm heading to Engineering. I can give yeah, you the tour. He has a map. He'll be fine. Okay. Now, the next one I'm going to show you is the same thing, but you're also going to see the new version. It's just about a little over a year later. And I want you to check out not only the graphics difference, but the sound design difference in what they produced here. I just noticed they made like a military gray for it instead of that orange one. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. No, I've never been in one of these. It's nice. Not as nice as a Bengal, but nice. Move it. Oh, come on, clear out! What? No, please. 
OMC's gonna have to teach you screw top some manners. Are you looking to start trouble? Always. Easier though. She's trying to get a rise out of Did I get a rise out of you, Aldo? That's enough. Let's go over there. The big one's coming out. No southern moves. Relax, son. Okay, um, let me go to uh, Paul. Um, looks like Baskar disappeared for a moment. Paul, um, oh. any thoughts about the comparison within uh, when what this did for us as far as the first time seeing this vertical slice from Squadron 42? Um, it was, okay. The, the thing you got to remember is that this is a low frame rate as well. Like mm -hmm. this was, this was before um, OCS was added to Squadron. Like, this was the year that OCS got added to the game that gave everyone massive, like, frame rate boosts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the fact that, like, these are the same games one year apart was <laughs> nuts. Like, even today, like, th I, I can't imagine, because it's gotten better than this. Mm -hmm. We know it's gotten better than this, because, right. like, this is low quality for Star Citizen, let alone Squadron. <laughs> so... This yeah, is 2017, it's, 2017. It's, 2017. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is OCS? Uh, it's object container streaming, which uh, basically allowed them to not have to stream out, have everything stream in. So, like a lot of these these cutscenes are super janky because they're what you're seeing is the camera in game and it's rendering the entirety of the the ship, the Stanton, and the cutscene at the same time, mm -hmm. which is why it stutters because it's trying your camera is trying to render everything in the same time. So every time you kind of pan over little areas, like the stuff in the distance is all being rendered into yeah. so it, but it was this was nuts and this was this was one year apart and i think these were both this was the vertical slice wasn't a live stream but it was the it was a uh, a video that was dropped mm -hmm. during the holidays like yeah. the, like you should try it after citizen con so yeah go well, mob you got thoughts on this one i mean the same thing paul said man like you know and that looked like something that we used to play on, like the original Xbox versus <laughs> Xbox 360, and now and you know on 3080s and 4090s and stuff. So, mm. um, you know, it's 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 cool to see that they've been able to evolve the engine, mm -hmm. um, and or it, either e a combination of evolving the engine and taking advantage of the engine's capabilities mm -hmm. in order to make the game look as good as it does now but again like i said before we're still probably looking at really good like if we're just being honest with ourselves star citizen is beautiful but it's a it's it's it looks it's beautiful in like 2018 2019 level graphics right mm -hmm. you know we haven't i don't think we've you know i don't think anybody will say it's the it's the most graphically uh intense game out there right now but you know i think there's headroom for it as you know i don't want them working on that right now i want them working on the back end <laughs> get it fixed yeah geo um you you know you were there for both of these i think right because you were around when this came out as well right yep i was definitely around for this yeah yeah like I was shocked on both, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I'm simple because I was a console player at the time, but yeah. even the hangar tours opened my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, um, but I know, like, seeing the 
the different trailers uh, mm-hmm. side by side. I've never seen them side by side. I've seen them separately, but it's like, mm-hmm. damn, bro, they get better and better. Then you add that leaked video that happened yesterday, uh, last year, leaked, yeah. quote unquote. Um, and and it, it still looks better than most of the games that are out right now. So it, it's good to know that CIG is keeping up with, you know, all the newer current games that are out. Uh, Star says is still on the top of the list to me, the best looking game, mm-hmm. which made me uh, jump into PC gaming. Um, but I just hope they keep doing what they're doing and add more people from the CrowdTech team if they can, mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if possible. Because obviously, you look at this, we definitely benefited from that, uh, them coming over. Because that, that other video looks like before CIG, I mean, uh, four CrowdTech people came in, and the other one looks like after they came in. So they keep improving and making it look good. Um, and I'm, I'm ready for Squadron 42 to come out hopefully next year, 2025. Fingers crossed. Mm. FC? <laughs> Can I just say what a difference a year make? And this is like RTX off versus RTX on. Mm. People make it that reference. The difference in quality. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that was substantial. The, th- the thing that I want to pick out is that I want to necessarily focus on the pretty side of it, but the tech side of it. Um, mm. with this, this is Squadron. And the thing for me is I've paid attention to a lot of things that have, that have happened. The frame rates are better. Um, the sound design is incredibly much better. The first one was just some voices with an echo re- reverb on them. Uh, you've got music composition, a whole lot of this stuff. This was what we were actually looking for in 2016, was yes, this to be the vertical slice. Um, and so within a year, it took them a year, but a year later, we went from what was the Marl Tour the previous year to that. Um, and this began to be, for me, the reset with what happened with CIG. Now, that's just me personally. Um, it just seems like things seem to be picking up a different type of pace once we got past that. Uh, and maybe it was just a turning point for the company. I know that they had moved into, one of the things we didn't get to talk about was the shifting with CryEngine and moving into Lumberyard. They, they were advancing the engine. Is it is it Star Engine still, uh, um, Paul, or is it, what is it now? What is the engine called uh, officially? It's, it's informally internally called Star Engine, but it's based off of Lumberyard, which is now it's like an Amazon, it's now called the, the Amazon open source engine or something right. like that, but it, it's, it's off it's of the AWS more. stuff and everything else, right? Yeah. It's, it's got a different name for it, but yeah, it's based off of AWS, but at this point, effectively it's, it's its own engine. Like, okay. uh, like right. they, they, they are, they're not, they can't legally and, you know, just distinctly, I can, you know, say that it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's its own engine, but. But it's, it's something so very different. customized to them. It's something very customized oh, yeah. to them. Right. Oh, they're not they're using they're Lumberyard. They're, they're, no, it's a fork. Lumberyard is Good. a fork of CryEngine. Right. And, and, and can, can they legally call it Star Engine then, or is that something that's He says it's internal. No. He says it's internal. No, as far as I know. What were you going to mm. say, Gomop? So I say the, the Lumberyard engine is just is a fork. Mm-hmm. You know, off that's of CryEngine. That's a developer term, even though I'm not a developer. But it's off of CryEngine. <laughs> right. Because that was what the lawsuit was about back in the day, too. So Because CIG you know. is sharing some of their tech with Amazon, right, with the Lumberyard engine. So I thought those two were like hand in hand, right? They are. Yeah. Lumberyard is a, yeah. yeah. Lumberyard is CryEngine, but it's been customized to suit the needs of not only just Star Citizen, but for Amazon and their game studios as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can have a whole show talk about how they're going to make the most. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't let me get my tinfoil right. hat in because right. I think, not do that. I think they gave them a deal on AWS servers. They did. Um, yeah, I think no that's question. why they're getting cheap server costs because they're helping. You it's, know, one hand, it's a business deal. It's a business, it's a business deal, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It makes sense. Everybody wins with that, right? 
I mean, I mean, they, they had a similar, they had a similar deal with Intel, a similar deal with AMD. I mean, most of that is promotion now. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Amazon with hand in hand. Yeah. Okay. Last thing we want to show you guys, we're going to wrap it up. I know we're over time here. God, we're almost thirty minutes over time. We're going to finish this last thing. This is just a real quick example of talking about. I want to get the panel's feelings about this. This has to do with many of you guys remember when we were in the Gib Gib Carrick mode. For those of you who remember that. The Carrick was one of those ships that was highly anticipated by the community for many, many years. It became a meme and it just went crazy. And then, um, you know, the Carrick, when it came out, well, let's not even talk about it when it was in concept, right? People were in love with this. This is the ship that everybody said was going to be their enterprise. It was going to be their ship that they traveled everywhere in. Firefly. Fire, it was their Firefly, right? I mean, it was the sleek design and everything. everything. And people were so excited. And so skinny. If you remember, even uh, this ship, it was it was gorgeous inside. It um, it it had a different type of layout inside of it. it had a little spiral turning staircase in there, and double decks, and all this cool stuff and everything. Um, but then it came out, and when it came out, it came out looking like that. And there were a lot of people who were like, "Yuck!" <laughs> they didn't like it. Uh, they she felt that it. It, it had gained a few pounds. Uh, the interior was definitely different. Now it was somewhat similar, but different scaled back a little bit. Um, let me go to fast cart first. Um, I'm going to go in reverse order this time. And you remember some of the things that was going on with the Carrick, right? Back when this happened, were you, do you remember it? Cause they had that really cool commercial of the guy climbing the rope and all that stuff and everything. Do you remember that? I just, I. I vaguely oh if it's not a bad new merchantman he doesn't care that's basically what he's saying yeah i mean that, 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 that the point I, it, it was i mean i know i say i, I don't like big ship even i have a new endeavor but you know this is i, I get that it's a, a big ship okay but I, I i didn't like the um the design of a of, 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 the, of the character also so yeah i wasn't really that that, that into the character but um okay. i remember yeah i do remember the um the controversy that when, when it came out people were less than enthusiastic about that yeah to put it diplomatically now and the reason why we're bringing this ship up is because we're talking about you know dreams versus reality and there was a this was the this was the dream ship <laughs> and then this was the reality ship um yeah. geo you got any feelings about those two when you look at them is it the, as long are you from the position that they both look great or i prefer hey. one over the other or as long as they both do what they're supposed to do which where do you stand between those two designs and me personally, I like them thick, but uh, okay, <laughs> the okay. only thing that's missing at me, I just wish they would left the antennas on there. No, they are, they, they are, they are actually on there. They're, they're just there. not operating because oh, those I work for the wormhole. Yeah, they work for so, the wormhole, but they are on that ship. So when the wor wormhole goes up, the antennas go up? That's what or, they're for. Like, that's what they're for. They're for when you're going through the wormhole. Those are not radio antennas. Those are antennas for when you're going through, going to go through a wormhole, if I'm not mistaken. So I wonder why they were up on the... On well, the if you watch the trailer, if you watch the trailer... When they get ready to go into a jump, you'll see them actually on this ship. You'll actually see them come out ahead of time. Oh, okay. And they well, are. On... I think they just were, were weren't retractable in the original version. They exactly. Just out all the time. Oh, so now yep. they're retractable. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, hey, if the antenna's still there, I'm still cool with it. Like mm -hmm. I said, I like them thick, so mm -hmm. uh, that's cool with me. We could carry more stuff. I thought it, I think it was more of a plus if you ask me. Okay. Because that looked like the, the ship that they're showing that uh in the concept looks like you could do uh you have less cargo and stuff in there. Okay. Um, but I'm not mad to 
the thick hair. They both look good. Okay. It's concept for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you buy a ship, just make sure things can change mm-hmm. and probably will change, mm-hmm. which is how I looked at all my ships I ever bought. Like, okay. hey, it could possibly be a slight change up. So when I bought this ship, mm-hmm. um, I knew it might change, and it did, and I'm still happy with it. I I, okay. I want that antenna in the front, though, too. I, right. I don't see that antenna uh, in the front. Yeah. A little sharp one. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's not there. You're right. And uh, we're waiting go, for the armor windows. Yep, that, and that is coming. They're going to do that. Go, okay, so go Mom, that. Okay. you've flown this ship before, and, you know, when it comes to Flat design, d- yeah, design and everything, I know this is one of the ones that you like. How do you feel about the difference in design? Did it affect you, or were you like, as long as it was functional, did what it needed to do, did it grow on you, or did you like it? Uh, I mean, so this this uh, signals, I th- and I think they're doing a much better job of this now in concepting ships. They they draw it out, and the artists are taking into consideration like actual real volume, right? Of the Metric, thing metrics, all that stuff. Put, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put into there when they drew the Carrick out, much like how when they drew out the original BMM, right? Mm-hmm. They they just threw, they just put something on paper that they thought was cool, mm-hmm. and then they released it to the public, like say, hey, what do y'all think? What do y'all think? Y'all like this? We're gonna make this, right? Um, it, it just, but it wasn't practical when when they when it started going through mm-hmm. the, the the box phase of mm-hmm. development. You know, it's just like, hey, all this stuff. That right there is a freaking redeemer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm uying? Uh, it's bigger. It's bigger. No, I know what he's saying. He's just talking about the design language of it. Yeah, I get I what mean, he's saying. It's, 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 slightly, it's slightly bigger than a redeemer, mm. right? And the redeemer ain't very big. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like a redeemer XL. And like you, you, you would be missing so much stuff. Um, I mean, think about all the stuff that the Carrick has. It has a hangar, it has a uh, multi-crew sleeping area, it has drones, it's got, you know, uh, the, the, the storage, garage, med, medical facilities, yeah. turrets. It's yep. got all and that, that was the problem. That was actually hard to talk about. CIG actually, said, CIG actually said that if they had yeah. built that ship out based on this design, it also would have grown to a huge, uh, crazy size. Right. They actually pulled the length of the ship back in for the design. And to your point, Gomab, those early renderings from earlier in the day were just basically artist renderings, like you said. They metrics and things were yeah. not taken into consideration. Now when CIG does it, they do it in real time in the in the computer 3D. They know exactly what hallways should be, the size, length, all that good stuff. But back then, it was an artist rendering back then. So that's a good point. I mean, even looking at like I don't think when they said they could hold all that stuff in this original picture, there's no way I don't think yeah. it held everything was supposed to. Look yeah. how skinny that is. Yeah, it's just it's just again. And it doesn't look artist. like it could go far either. Yeah, again, it's it's look an, it's those, an artist look rendering. Look the landing gear. Look how trash those landing gear are. <laughs> <laughs> be, baby. You land on a calliope, man, in a, in a strong wind. Yeah, she's skimpy. Yeah, she's yeah, the new sure. the new one is beefy. Paul, what are your thoughts about the uh, the design character change? And and talk maybe a little about what what, what, what we should expect because. Every time we do a donation or back a ship, there is that little box we click on that says things can change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the things, the thing that to remember is that around this time period, CIG started to get real. To, to talk about expectations versus reality, they started actually to to realize what a ship actually needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and since this release, I think we really haven't had many ships that have changed. Like mm-hmm. B- BMM is probably the last ship that's going to have changed as dramatically as it has since it's originally released. Right. Yeah, the Endeavor too. Mm-hmm. Endeavor. Yeah, I was going to say. Hey. And to a degree. 
And to a degree, the um, the Ryan probably will because it's, it's the same. It was already it's so already huge. changed. They changed it already. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. it's huge. Um, but like, the reality is, is that CIG around this time realized that if they wanted players and NPCs to be able to use these ships, mm-hmm. they needed to make the hallways bigger. They needed yep. to make everything completely different metrics, and that's what caused the character change to what it is today because. It had to be thicker. Mm-hmm. It had it had to be the extra thick uh, in order for <laughs> right. in order in order for you to get the the corridors so you mm-hmm. can walk around in it and stuff like that. So yeah, another example of that. In fact, they mentioned that when they started working on the modularity and the remake for the Retaliator, that was one of the things they said uh-huh. was that they had to make the hallways wider so that two people could pass with the NPCs because right now it's just designed for one person to walk through it. So those mm-hmm. are the metrics that we're talking about. The things that now they know that they they have to do. And so we mm. don't get those issues anymore. But to, to Gomez's point, I, I, before this was just an artist rendering in the earlier days, you know, that's all it was. I'm going to be to try to be real quick because you mentioned BMM. I remember the the, 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 the reconcept, I think it was 2017. They had the, the white BMM sitting on a platform and they had people surrounding it. But people were so tiny. People mm. were on going on Reddit trying to scale. Trying to trying to get the scale of, 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 the, of the new BMM concept mm-hmm. from, from from the side of the people, and they were saying, "Oh, this is gonna be interesting. It's gonna be great." Yeah, <laughs> I'm a vision versus reality. So no, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And in fact, most people don't know the size of the BMM when it was first initially mentioned. It was not the ship that it is now. Not by any means. That's the mm-hmm. reason why it had a two hundred and fifty dollar price tag. Uh, right. It was it was nowhere near a capital. It was a blockade runner. Uh, and it was what, maybe what, a little bit smaller than a Connie, somewhere between a Connie and a freelancer was the original size. Or something, or 90, something Do you remember like that, Paul, yeah. what the size of the BMM was supposed to be originally? I can't, I keep feeling like it was uh, between I, a, I want to say it was Connie Constellation. Maybe it Connie was like Constellation mm-hmm. or slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. That was um, it. I can't remember exactly. It, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was 90. 90, yeah, 90, the original 90. Yeah. It wasn't really? that big. So that's smaller than a Starfarer's 100. So that was the size of the ship. So. Things do change. That's what we want you guys to know. Um, we're going to wrap it up because we are over by 36 minutes. And uh, We do have a couple of questions. But we do yeah. have, I was going to say, we do have a couple of questions that we want to address. So Fast Car, why don't you go ahead and read those, please? Okay, let me find them because they got a whole bunch of joke man to go to. So we'll go through. So <laughs> give me a moment. Uh, scrolling down, scrolling down some more. Okay, we got one from Symphony Prime. Uh Considering the scale of the game, are you guys concerned that the game will feel too hollow? Ooh, that's a good question. Considering the scale of the game, do you think uh, it will feel too hollow? Uh, I'll start with Gio for that one. Um, I don't think it would probably feel too hollow. Uh, It feels like they got the base of the game, you know, correct. Um, It's just really, at this point, adding, like, some of the content that keep us entertained. Like, uh, I want better NPCs, life on some of these planets. And I think if they feel some of that out, there's a lot of gameplay to be had. And I think that's the main thing that we're missing because a lot of the universe right now feels kind of dead because we're we're lacking that. I was playing a couple games that had that stuff. It just wasn't um, implemented well. And I think when CIG finally does implement that stuff, I think it'll be put in there pretty well. Okay. Come up. what about you? Uh, I think... So a lot of space games have like unlimited systems, crazy number of systems, right? Mm-hmm. They're very wide, but they're not very deep. Uh, I think CIG is 
doing it a little bit opposite right now. They're they're trying to build in depth, right, with the multiple career paths, mm-hmm. um, the the different factions, the lore, all that. They're they're trying to build in depth, right? Um, think of it like a, a jar of peanut butter that then they, they could spread across the. Uh, the, the, the hundred systems that they plan on releasing. I'm hungry. <laughs> right. No, that's, that's a joke. You got, you got a band going right now. It's a statement of fact. I can't make a statement of fact. <laughs> no, but so I, I, I don't think it's going to be hollow because there's going to be, there's going to be so much to do that you can do solo and on a, you know, multi-crew ship. The problem is, if, if 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 none of that interests you, then yes, it'll be hollow. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm bored. I don't want to do this. Well, then, set the project for you. Then I'm sure there's something else that you can do, or you could just fly around your ship. But yes, I don't. I don't. No, I don't think it's gonna be hollow. Well, uh, there's a couple of things that that were missing currently. Uh, number one is the new NPC system that they've been developing. Mm-hmm. They showed off a little bit of that. Um, here's here's a little hint for those of you who haven't been following uh, the monthly reports as much, uh, even Squadron 42 monthly reports. The system that they're developing for Squadron 42, which includes like these tags they can attach to NPCs that makes them dynamic, it also manages for their social systems. So like if, an, if you walk into a, a station, you pull out a gun, you start shooting it into the sky, some NPCs will run, others will cower, others will approach you and try to take you down based off of their social tags. Um, and that applies to combat, it applies to social interactions, it applies to ship interactions and ship combat now. So they each have these little different dynamic stuff, and that'll flesh it out a lot more. And as the system gets migrates into Star Citizen, we're going to see a lot more uh, of that play out. So it'll feel less empty right now, uh, as, as it does right now, because NPCs will fill a lot of those empty spaces. Um, but we, the back end sucks, so they can't quite do that yet. Um, and the other thing is the dynamic mission system uh, connected to Quantum. Quantum's in the game, just a matter of expanding it more. And the, the the systems, the missions are all becoming modular so that they can become part of that dynamic mission systems and mm-hmm. be generated based off of the probability volume. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, I think, I don't think there's, there's a risk of it being hollow um, in the future. I think it's hollow right now, but it won't be as hollow yeah. in the future. Yeah. FC, you my CBS, answer. I was just thinking same thing. Okay. Yeah, that, that that last part it might might, might feel hollow now, but I, I think it'll be it'll be filled in in the future. And it also depends on what you want to do. If you, if you're like me and you're looking for the economics and and um stuff like that or or, or science and, and manufacturing, it'll feel hollow right now. But hopefully that, that'll be filled in in the future. And for me, I'm going to say this real quick. Um, you guys know I'm a big Star Wars Galaxies fan. If you ever get a chance to watch the GDC um video on Star Wars Galaxies, check it out. Um, there's something interesting about the Star Wars game, and it was the fact that when they developed the game, it wasn't ready when they launched it. The devs actually went to Sony and told them, we need a year. And Sony told them, you've got one month. And they launched the game anyway. That's what happens with publishers, right? So they launch it. <clears throat> anyway, the game didn't have any of the mission stuff and stuff that they really wanted to put into the game. But the reason why Star Wars Galaxies took off, besides it being a great franchise culturally, was also the fact that the players embraced the world and they immediately went in and created their own play, their own gaming. With with what little was there, they were building cities, towns, um, they were doing battles with each other, all types of stuff. And it blew the devs away because nobody expected that to be the outcome because everybody was thinking 
that if there weren't any missions in the game, that the game was not going to be successful. And I'm saying that because I believe that I hope that that is what will Star Citizen will be. It will be successful not just because of the missions that CIG puts into your Moby Glass or the trade that you get from a terminal, but because the gamers and the players make the universe interesting. If they give us the tools, all the things that we need to be able to play the game, then its life expectancy will be tremendously based on how much we are willing to make that world a curious and exciting place to be in. Because they can put in tons of stuff, but if we aren't interested, or if we don't decide to play together, as Paul mentioned earlier, within the context of you know, the MMO context, then the game will die over time. Uh, but I'm just hoping that gamers, y'all fire up y'all imaginations. Let's go into that world and do stuff. There are plenty of us, go mob other people. We go in the game all the time and play. And then I hear other people saying there's nothing to do in the game. And I go in that game three, four times a week and spend a couple hours, two, three hours. And this is after being in here since 2013 and I can still do it. And don't get me wrong, I get it. Some people are looking for certain things to do. I get it. If you wanna say, hey, I'm, I wanna get into flying my Orion or this and I don't, it's not in the game and I can't do it. I understand that. But I believe that we can find things to do in the game as it's being developed. And let's hit that second question. Uh, do you all feel that Star Citizen will be so complicated that it will deter new users from backing or buying Star Citizen? Fast card, I'll go to you on that one first. I feel it'll be so complicated. It depends on how much research someone does. If someone uh, is looking for a quick and simple game that they can hop in and out and do the research and say, okay, this game may not be for me because it may take a half hour just to uh, get started and and, 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 and start missing and stuff like that. But if, um, you know, if people do do that, uh, their research and say, oh, okay, I'm looking for a more in-depth game, then, you know, you probably um, bring, bring in more people. So I guess it kind of depends. It deters some, both actually. It deters some people and bring in, bring in some people, more people, some other people. If, if you ask me if it'll deter more than bring in, I don't know. I'm, it, it, I think this will be a niche game and probably, probably turn off more people than bring in. That's my guy. Mad style, I see you. No fishing, no game. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Geo. Um, Do you feel the game will be too complicated that some new players may not want to, you know, play the game once it once it's out, out? You know, I think they're gonna try to find that balance because you don't want something too hardcore, but then you don't want something too arcadey. Mm -hmm. Some people want that like in between. Because mm -hmm. you look at some of the arcade art like super hardcore, like something like um like scum, mm -hmm. scum, mm -hmm. scum. You have to fuck. You have to find your your temperature and yeah. how much you eat and how much. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of stuff in the game. It's very it's not for very everybody. niche. It's not for everybody. Uh, mm -hmm. It's definitely not for everybody. There's a couple other games I could name off, but um, you don't want to get where it's super common. Even with like the eating mechanics, like they added in, in on here, like you don't want to eat have to feed yourself every damn 10 minutes mm -hmm. like if it's every couple hours it's not that bad and then right. maybe, maybe there's a profession for like eating that'd be cool i mean a cook cooking you'd be mm -hmm. a cook on on the ship and make some snacks that'll last long <laughs> if you know what you're doing mm -hmm. um but i think they're going to find that in between ground for us okay they, you don't want to go too far armor but then you don't want to go too far call of duty you gotta want you mm -hmm. kind of want to meet the middle with this type of game that's what i'm hoping for okay oh map um one, I, I don't, I don't think they should follow the same tropes as other MMORPGs, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, my goal, my my hope for this project is that it's not all about 
the an in-game situation, right? So, and if that if it's not, what that does is that opens up the ability for solo new players to come in and experience the game that they're, you know, exp able to do box mm -hmm. missions, low level uh, bounty hunting, investigations, things like that that aren't very complex. But on the other flip side, I do want there to be high complexity, high difficulty, uh, high risk, high reward activities that are available for the top tier players that put in the time and effort to get to do that mm -hmm. uh you know so hopefully they'll have a, a wide range right so mm -hmm. that we don't end up in a situation where we're so very niche um i i would love to see star citizen be damn near a ubiquitous you know, space where all sorts of gamers can come. Hell, I mean, you know, even from mobile platforms, which by the time it comes out, you'll your your phone will have a forty ninety in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, Paul, I'm gonna let you close this out with this one. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be too complicated. I definitely think there's going to be, um, at the end of the day, Star Citizen will have its audience i think it'll be more broad than most people realize but i don't think it will be so broad that anyone can come it's gonna it's going to be a light sim it's going to have elements of sim but it's mm. where, where elements of sim comes in that are too complicated and over complicated they'll throw it out for arcade stuff and uh it's going to be a situation i think that's going to make a lot of folks not very happy uh, especially those folks who are like really into uh like a good example of this is master modes. Look at the discussion <laughs> on spectrum on master modes. And um, I, I will show you a walls smeared with feces uh, mm. that is, for, for, for something that is changing how people fly and fight in star citizen for, and it is not even out yet. It is not, yeah. even, no one has actually played it. that can actually talk about it. And yet people still have opinions on it. Uh, mm. I saw one long treatise where someone said, master modes are garbage. You should, you should use my idea. And I'm like, okay, Mr generic name on spectrum who i've never heard of before um <laughs> let's let's use your idea over over the, the idea of you know several developers who've been touching code on star citizen for you know several years now and mm. i don't i don't think it's a it's a good good plan there my buddy um <laughs> but that, that is, is an example of like there will almost certainly be people who are unhappy with how it's going to be but i don't think the people who are going to be unhappy about it will say it's too complex. I think if people who are going to be happy are saying it's not complex enough, there's not enough nuance for them. Yeah. Um, well, the people who are mad, or mad, well, and mad at master modes are the ones who want to solo a damn Idris. Let's get that pretty much straight. <laughs> but Paul, how are you going to come on Soul Citizen and bring up master modes, man? We talked about this last night. Oh, God. Hey. Oh, somebody, why didn't y'all uh, joke ban him faster than that? Jeez, old Pete. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um Thanks, Master. Thanks, yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, thanks, I know. Uh, do you feel that Star Citizen will be so complicated? I think that Star Citizen will have a learning curve like Eve. Um, maybe not to the degree where we're breaking out spreadsheets, but I think that because there are so many careers and the, each career will have a good amount of depth to it, that it'll be challenging. And I think that if people find something that they want to do, they'll be willing to dig into it. I think it's just going to be a change because so many games out there don't have that depth into careers. So there will be some people who will be hungry for it. They'll be excited for it because they've been looking for games like that. And then there may be some people that it's a little too much, but I think CIG will provide just like 
You can go into your cockpit and just push R, or you can go into your cockpit and push UIOP, whichever one. I think CIG is gonna provide an avenue for the person who wants to be able to just get in and do, and then also for that person who wants to go in full bore and go with depth. So that's my two cents on that, okay? All righty, well, we have finally made it to the end of today's show. Um, <laughs> boy, oh boy, oh boy. Hey, um, let's talk about what we've got coming up and we're gonna let Paul talk a little bit about what he has coming up as well. Uh, so Fast Car, why don't you go ahead and lead us in here? Yeah, I just want to say that I, I think that um, this episode is a lot better than the original Electric Bugle. But on Thursday, we have a show called Soul Talk. It's on Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. UTC, where we talk about what's going on in the Star community that week. We cover uh, this week in Star Citizen, SCL, ISC. But that's when you guys, you all in, in, in the community, get to come in and talk, talk uh, have a more roundtable discussion in Discord. So that is Soul Talk, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. And on Saturdays, we have Soul Voices. That's a 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's our one-on-one -on -one conversation where we talk about Spectrum, Reddit, and things in the gaming industry where you get to come in and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from the community on that. And that's Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And then next Sunday, we are doing a show called Space Tycoon. Fastcart is going to be one of the people here leading on this one. Um, Space Tycoon, those of you who are about that money, uh, Go Mob, another one about that cheddar um if you are out there to make moolah we're going to be able to talk about how people are making money in the game now and what are some things that you're anticipating later on into how you're going to grow your wealth and your riches and fame in the star citizen universe uh as this game continues to develop and that'll be next sunday at 8 p.m eastern time um last but not least let's talk to paul paul do you want to tell people where they can find you reiterate your show that's coming up Sure. Uh, a couple things. First off, if you uh, enjoy Star Citizen content uh, and other space game content and sci-fi content, you can always catch me at uh, youtube.com slash theastropub live or twitch.tv slash theastropub, uh, where I do game content. I do a lot of Star Citizen content. Um, I do a weekly show called The uh, Office Hours, where I just sit down and kind of talk. I take It's an AMA. We look at the kind of, it's kind of like uh, Soul Talk, um, mm -hmm. where we do the same thing. We're just kind of talking and look at the reviews and stuff like that. Uh, and we, we're usually uh, a little earlier than that. And then, you know, usually if, if Soul Talk's going, you can kind of roll into Soul Talk. Uh, and then also <laughs> Captain's Table, which we, we was uh, had both Griff and um, Fast Guard on. It's on Saturdays, uh, part of Podsat Saturdays. It's uh, Soul Voices, then at Captain's Table, and then um, the uh, Relay Station. Station. And... Um, if you really like, uh, if you if you want to see the Christmas in in July, uh, come see the holiday, the 2016 holiday live stream where you can crack open your beers and uh, and or other alcoholic beverages or non-alcoholic beverages and cringe cringe along to the worst live stream that CIG has ever done. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I might I might try to raise some money for charity for oh. that. Maybe just just for fun, just to yeah. see if this, you know. No, it's okay. event. So that way, that way, when CIG members pop on and say, "Hey, what's this then?" And I, I go, hey, I'm "Raising money for I'm raising money for charity." Please don't, Please don't do this. Please don't do this. Please don't say anything. That's a good idea. I love it. I love it. Capitalizing on your cringe. I love it. There you go. I love it. Uh, 
But, uh, and of course, if, if you want to know more about the lore of Star Citizen and other universes, uh, I did actually just do a primer on Starfield uh, for, for, for lore. You can catch me at youtube.com slash theastrohistorian. Uh, I've done a long, long-running series called The Complete History of the Star Citizen Universe, which is uh, going to be updated this month to next month, probably early next month, mm-hmm. um, where I've been going a comprehensive study from the very beginning of the lore of Star Citizen, like where the lore starts, which is in 2050. And then um, 2024, I think, or no, it's 2050, 2050 or 2030, something like that. Mm. Uh, and then it goes all the way up to 2952, where we are today. Uh, I've currently done the first uh, 300, 400 years of, of lore. Mm. And from now on, it's going to get incredibly dense because, you know, I, the next the, the next episode is going to be like 40 years. And there's going to be an entire episode dedicated to the Varn War and so on and so nice. forth. So if you want to know absolutely everything I can possibly find and put into a timeline uh, for the Star Citizen lore. Watch that series. It's a fantastic one to, ch- to check out if you're very interested in the deep recesses of Star Citizen's uh, history. So, Paul, uh, please change it to Cringemas in July. Yes. Cringemas in July. I love that. I love that. Listen, yeah. and, and again, guys, we do want to encourage you guys, you know, a lot of times we don't have time to do all the reading about this game in the sense of the lore, or you're just not interested and in, you get those newsletters. Listen, turn on Paul's stuff. Play it when you're riding, when you're working out, whatever the case may be. Really, really great Audio information. Book. Yeah, it's great stuff that you can just listen to and absorb this stuff because it is going to be vital to you later when you go into the Persistent Universe. Mark our words for it. You're going to be so thankful that you learned all these little weird intricacies about the lore of Star Citizen. So be sure to check them out. And don't forget to check them out on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Special thanks to my good friends, GoMob, ATL, Geo, Get Money, a.k.a. Sub-Vigio, who's on his, what's this, your second drink or your third drink there? You've been drinking them pretty it's smooth just, tonight. Uh, I got about four, I got about three or four cans over here. Yeah, you've been smooth tonight. You've been, you've been, taking, you've been taking them in at a nice, even pace tonight. And then, of course... Yeah, I didn't want to go too off the, uh, the you, rail. You did okay. And also, Fast Card. Thank you, guys. Dig That, we saw you out there. We love you, man. It's good seeing you. We want to see some more videos from you. You guys check out Dig That 32 on YouTube as well. Special thanks to everybody who's here. Thank you guys for the contributions, the subs, the follows, everything you guys did tonight. We really appreciate you guys. We are going to be setting ourselves up to do a raid with Maiden Ariana. So when you get over to see Maiden Ariana, make sure that you let her know that you came from the Soul Citizens. Give her a I'm shout. I'm really happy that we did this uh, collaborative uh, That was great. Thank yes, you, it you, was. Paul. Yesterday and today was a great <laughs> time. Thank you, Paul. It was last minute, but it worked. Don't forget to check out our merch. I finally got my merch, guys. I bought my mug. I got my mug with my little phrase on it and everything. So I, it came oh, okay. uh, the other day. I didn't have one of my own mugs. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, we'll see you guys real soon. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. And as always, peace, love, and soul. We'll see you guys later. Peace out. Oh. <laughs>